welcome to your sanity safe space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart, I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Wednesday at 9. It gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. I'm in a blind rage right now. <laughs> Before live, we were... Stuff. Well, we were uh, regretting the the lack of big bird costumes in our society. And by that, I mean just the, the lack of fear, the lack of uh, respect for the rights of the people. And specifically, I mean the, uh, what, the, the now Senate, he's still technically Senate majority leader, right? Yeah. Or, no, they have the majority now. Never mind. He is, he's majority leader. It's not the 50, 50 thing anymore. He's majority leader sitting, speaking in the Senate with his government job and his, Government building, government everything, government microphone, all that, and uh, threatening the rights of the people, saying, how dare Tucker Carlson release footage that we also paid for with cameras that we bought and uh, you know computer storage that, that we paid for to store that video for the whole time that we weren't able to see it and, and calling for the censorship of a TV host that he doesn't like. And uh, without referencing any specific forms of justice I might like to see against someone who does that sort of thing, the biggest problem is we we our politicians have not only no fear no respect for us in that way and that that's something that's only going to last so long i think there's something that because he'll be voted reaction properly yeah that's exactly right there's a visceral reaction when you see chuck schumer being chuck schumer um i i can't go much further than that (laughs) he's uh well he is his own uh he is his own brand you might say that Anyway, uh, did you want to discuss any more, any other uh, thirst for vengeance? No, I mean, I I was just so irate listening to him uh, talk about taking Tucker Carlson off the air. And by the way, I found the January 6th footage totally underwhelming because we knew all this shit anyway. Um, But it's nice to get more evidence. Yeah, I I would I would kind of agree that it it didn't obviously nothing it didn't change my perspective but the the only counter I would offer is that obviously we're people who and I assume most if not all of our listeners are people who have paid close attention to this. So you look at footage of Brian Sicknick walking around it's like yeah I know. I mean I haven't seen this specific footage but I know. I know that happened because he wasn't bludgeoned. Yeah. And you see footage He's walking the, around fine. The, uh, I'm not surprised to see polite treatment for QAnon shaman. The one thing that is new to me that I think is that should be emphasized. Even if you wanted to say the Capitol police, that they were standing down for tactical reasons, the mob was so out of control that they thought, okay, let's try to manage the situation, not escalate. First of all, you have like 10 cops around QAnon shaman. So what, what escalation is happening by just arresting him at that point, if it's such a serious crime, but it's the unlocking of the doors. What possible reason would there be for unlocking doors? Unless there's some context that I'm missing. Was that maybe they were unlocking the doors to get him outside faster, but he didn't go outside. He went straight into the Senate chamber or maybe the unlocking of the doors was after he left. 
unless there's some context there that I'm missing, I have to think that QAnon Shaman was selected specifically for his very crazy look. And they thought, that's it. That's our guy. We want the craziest images of him possible. Of course, that's why. I mean, are, are we going to get him out of jail or what? We I think should be he's breaking this guy out of jail. I think he's actually eligible for release soon. I know he got almost four, three and a half, four years in jail. And because of whatever the release stipulations are, I heard that he's eligible in a few months. Yeah, but, you know, that time is lost forever. His reputation's ruined. What if he got ass raped? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, what do you well, do if you're falsely incarcerated or incarcerated? incarcerated uh, it's unjustified. Well, and then, he, and then you get like anally raped by like a giant black dude. No, like you, you can't live a normal life. After he, that. he, uh, he was not falsely uh, or wrongly convicted. He was convicted, I believe, of among other charges, parading and parade. He did. He paraded all over that day unlawfully. So <laughs> it's funny when they they talk about these charges. I think you've mentioned before a lot of the char- January sixth charges are so cute. Parading. <laughs> um, yeah. th- what it was? There was another phrase that's like criminal like, mischief or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. It, it, they're these very cutesy charges. Anyway, um, yeah. I assume your we'll wife probably... just texted me and she's with your parents, and I just had a moment where I realized I was talking about anal rape a lot. <laughs> that's okay because um, we watched a little bit of Shawshank Redemption today, so I. I that's prison, the movie this prison, week. I was prison thinking. rape is fresh on my mind. It's just right in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I realized, um, well, you know, you, uh, you talk about how you got to be more conscious of your choices of entertainment when your kids are in the room, especially as they get older. And my son now is 18 months, so he kind of starts to get things, even though he's not yeah. speaking quite yet. Um, Might have been a bad choice, parentally speaking, to put on. Nah, that kid doesn't know what's going on. Anyway, uh, we got to get to our callers. Of course, we'll have a, a call-in show as usual tonight. If you're interested in participating, there are instructions for how to participate in the call-in show in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The one and only place to do that is through the contact page of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. And of course, we'll catch up with your super chats every half hour as well. But uh, first caller up tonight is New Beezer. Oh, New Beezer, are you there? Hello, I'm here. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I'll give you the choice of two topics. Uh, first one is kind of like an advice and uh, philosophy kind of question. The other one is a religion question. Hmm. Uh, advice Number in what context? One. Okay. Uh, advice in terms of. There's a phenomenon that I that I've witnessed that people are like there's a social expectation for overpromising and not hmm. necessarily delivering, and okay, just, just the feeling of uh, actually I'll give you a, a good story where I was at a, a startup company and at that company we had like people that came in and were kind of coaching us. Hey, we built our first several million dollar business and mm-hmm. here's how we did it. And in their story, they, they basically said, oh, well, we were doing AI for hiring and firing people. Or not firing, but mostly for hiring rather than uh, the company having an HR person do it. Huh. And they admitted that, oh yeah, no, when we sold it to them, it was not functional. It was Craig or, or Sam 
back doing it manually. And but then over the course of the contract after we sold it to them, oh yeah, we put all we backfilled it. We, we fixed it. And they saw this as like some sort of great success rather than a like no, you you lied to the the client. You is what I don't if, understand. Wait, the the AI program like retroactively fired people? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Uh the AI program uh would go out and search for candidates, kind of like ZipRecruiter kind of thing, where right. it would find candidates and say, okay, well, we think that these are the best ones for you and then present it to the, the company. And the company would have final say on it. Okay. That process was being done by like a guy named Craig oh, okay. manually rather than any sort of AI. And then they put, like once they got the revenue, then they put the AI thing in the back end and covered it up. So who who were they lying to? The candidates? No, no, the... they were lying to the, the company that they sold their software to. Skag, do you know what's going on? Can well, you so, explain so, this to me in layman's terms? I, I think I follow what you're saying. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you sold a product to a client, in this case, another business. When I say you, the me, I mean the business you're working for, right? Or what's your relationship here? Uh, the, well, this guy was like a uh, investor type that was coming in to, to counsel us on how oh. we should act. Oh, so like okay. Okay. But you're basically saying you sold a, or, or the situation is selling a product to a client under false pretenses, even though those pretenses weren't necessarily noticed and it ended up being a successful business deal. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, clearly immoral. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be viewed as successful either because that's going to bite you eventually, even if that even if that you get away with that in one instance, if you are selling a fraudulent product or failing to deliver what you say you're delivering, you will get busted on that eventually. That success will run out. What did they think happened to the person? Or So they thought that the AI was doing it the whole time when it was previously a person? Yes, that, okay. that, is, that is what going, what's going on. But that's the lead-in to, to the question. What about, like for example, resumes in general? Like this is not dealing with the business, but people always put their best foot forward, so to speak, on resumes. Yeah, but when I read resumes and I see them, I uh, all I can see is this is a bunch of lies. Like, <laughs> you're not even close to any of these things, and yet it is expected. Like everybody does it. There, there's mm -hmm. nobody who actually hands in a honest resume, and on that on because that honest resume looks really pathetic in comparison to the self-aggrandizing version. Yeah, yeah, it's like steroids and bodybuilding, right? Because the people that win are always on steroids, it just raises the standard for everybody else that has to do it. So, yeah, so there's no so way then, out of it. Like, there's everybody has to lie on their resume. Yeah, it's like, always what's now. the alternative? I suck, but I'm going to try. Uh, I, uh, well, I don't know. I guess, can you think of a way to write a resume that is not, if not self aggrandizing, is honest about your talents and what you bring? How would that be? presented would are you a person you who would reviews? have to do a cover letter with candor like listen. yeah maybe that's the way maybe that's <laughs> yeah. it okay and the the same kind of principle kind of applies to like dating relationships and stuff like that because oh, you, yeah. you're, you're always supposed to put your best foot forward and you're but overselling is a huge mistake in that context yeah. because you yeah. you teeter on catfishing and that's true because uh, they find out immediately you can fake it to make it in the workplace because everybody's pretty incompetent but in the dating market, you got to tell the truth. Like my yeah. dating profile was totally honest. 
Especially with photos. You cannot, if you're doing online dating anyway, you cannot lie with the photo. It can't be a photo from five, 10 years ago and 50 pounds ago, because as soon as you meet the person, it's, it's over. It's like, well, I don't care if we have any personal chemistry at that point, because I know that you've misrepresented who you are. And so it's already tainted. It's done. You, there, anything you think you'll gain by misrepresenting in a, in a dating context, you will lose immediately uh, as soon as the meeting happens. Yeah. Uh, the, the actually just as a, the quick aside uh, about the, the religion question for Matt, I'm a little bit curious as to why you're pursuing Catholicism rather than Protestantism. I never said I am. Or, fact, okay. our, our Bible study leader is not Catholic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it seems much more like, uh, like if you were to compare it to like jurisprudence for, for the Supreme Court kind of thing, um, the Protestants, the, the reason the Protestant Reformation ever happened was because they, several people pointed out, hey, you've built up a whole bunch of penumbras and emanations, and it's not explicitly in the text. So therefore we protest. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, I'm not, I'm not as far into it to make denominational choices like that yet, but I would agree with you that textual adherence would be uh, a consideration. It would be something that would be important to me if I were to make a selection. Okay. Well, I think those are the two things that I, I wanted to touch on before we let you go um, we have to let blonde defend catholic honor we cannot oh, go for it go for it we cannot i don't know uh didn't it happen a lot because martin luther kind of wanted to bang a lot of chicks and stuff <laughs> is that the history of it uh it's got something to do with it he must I understand have been up to why, some shit. Pro- why protestantism exists yeah but but the thing about protestantism modern day protestantism is that um you're not. Oh, you've got to go. You got to go traditional. The they're the the further away that they've gone from traditional foundations, the weirder they get. I'll I'll grant you that. Yeah, yeah. But if you're trying to return to traditionalism, isn't Catholicism the ultimate traditionalism? I mean, Protestantism only exists well because it's the antithesis that of aren't Catholicism. Supported, taken out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you know, there's no. I I don't tithe and stuff like that. Catholicism has its problems, okay. I, yep. but I do I do like the structure. I do I do like the fact that there it, it was a unifying force. However, like you, you talking about the the banging a bunch of women thing, yeah, um, that that would kind of help prevent a lot of the uh, homosexuality within the church, uh, all, and the all pedophilia. Those, yeah, I think that would help put a damper on that. Well, mm-hmm. not not extramarital or anything like that, but I, I mean that priests being allowed to marry. I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. But the thing is, they're supposed to lay to rest all of their earthly vices. But then and it is better for you to uh, be married rather than burn with lust. So yeah, I'm with you. I, yeah, if, you're, if, you're, you, if you're the type of person who is completely like asexual or you purged yourself of all these other feelings, then... Oh yeah, sure. That that would be the optimal solution. However, if you're not, if you're a little bit more human than uh, that ideal, then I, I think it's better to be married. I can't argue with that. All right. Now that we have uh, reached agreement, 
get the hell out of here. Okay. <laughs> See you, man. See ya. See ya. Uh, Tom is up next. Tom, are you there? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? We are well. How are sorry, you? Sorry for saying how you doing. I know you guys get that all the time, and then uh, but oh, here okay. I am. What's uh, what's on your mind? I've been I've been uh, studying uh doing a great courses on the development of European civilization, and we've been going up through the seventeenth, uh, eighteenth, nineteenth century, and we've I've been seeing how a lot of Different countries in Europe uh, have been fragmented by the events that happened, the reunification and, and you know, the nationalism and all that stuff. Now we're getting into uh, between the, the First and Second World War. And you can see how a lot of these countries are, are were falling apart. And the different groups were, each group had a group that they really hated. And, I, you know, I see that really reflected today. And, and it, it doesn't fill me with much hope. What do you think is the path forward? Yeah, well, we're uh, we're we're getting more and more. What's the balkanized? That's the the word I was looking for. Even in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was this was in the 30s, so this was between the wars. So you know, Italy it had that's when the rise of the fascists and then the the rise of the of the, um, the Nazis in in uh, Germany. So you can see the reasons behind all these different groups coming to power. Do you see uh, parallels to today or any any forecast you can make based on that history? Uh, no, it's, hmm. it, it, you know, you, you look at it and then it's just like some some event crystallizes like the the, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in, in World War One that. The, the way that that triggered World War One was because of the alliances and, and all kinds of things were triggered and it didn't have to happen, but that's the way it ended up. But So I can't really, you know, sure, I see all the elements uh, are, are present in our time. The, the uh, you know, so it could happen and all you just need is, and we've certainly had enough destabilizing events happening in the last couple of years. So, you know, it's, Yes, I could see it happening, but no, I don't see any specific trigger that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, before we let you go, how do you think that um, religion could factor into a, a new reformation of functional, of functional Western civilization? Do you think that, that it would have to be a part of it if it were to happen? It, it, it's kind of tough because we've seen that the... Um, the way religion is looked at today, it's it's not really being revered in in many countries. Maybe some Eastern European countries, but uh, um, no, I don't see I don't see religion as as being a a like a rallying point for for any any country this time. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's depressing. Yeah, is there anything? Yeah, it is. Is I'm there sorry. any hope? being so down here. Is there any hopeful thought before we let you go? Any reason uh, for optimism? No. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. That's very uh, appropriate only, for the my time. My final question would be: yeah. How much? How much do you think you should have to pay in taxes? There's certain things that the the government that we do require mm-hmm. our government to do, but how much of your your income do you think should be paid in taxes? Dude, the government State, local, should and federal. The government should 
be able to do everything they, that they need to do on a federal level, 2% flat tax. And you in should. the state, additional 2%. And there should be ways to handle their business without an income tax at all, at which all. they did yeah. for a long time. Um, I'm but- making a concession, though, for, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but for environmental causes. Well, uh, you, you're saying you want taxations for the EPA specifically, not not the EPA. <laughs> all right, oh, the good EPA, the good EPA, yes, yeah. the G EPA. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, no, to to your point, uh, yeah. If if I'm structuring it, the the income tax, I I would prefer income tax not to happen at the federal level at all, of course, but even in my own state, we do have an income tax in Montana. We, we have income taxes and we have property taxes. We do not have sales taxes with the exception of select resort communities. And if I were designing the tax system, I would prefer uh, a sales tax over an income yeah, tax oh, yeah. and, and property taxes is, I think, one of the most egregious forms of taxation as well. Ta- forms of taxation that that maximize opting in or out, consenting or not, uh, rather than just stealing the money I make, I think which is would a lot. only be sales tax. So if I had to settle for a higher sales tax to eliminate income tax and property tax, or at least greatly reduce uh, to the extent you may need you may need property taxes to fund all of your well the various things that uh, that benefit from property taxes, I would take that deal. So so yeah, I, I don't know if I, I can give you an exact percentage, but I'm willing to boost sales taxes to offset the others. Okay. And we used to be, before the federal income tax, we used to be funded mostly by tariffs. And, you know, tariffs aren't very good. So I don't know if we can go back to that model. Yeah. And I, and I, to be clear, I wouldn't want to federalize that. Obviously, you want competition among the states such that if your state becomes oppressive in its approach to taxation, you just, you can leave. You can go away. You have refuge elsewhere. When the federal government gets its, gets its uh, hands in these things, there's no leaving. There's nothing you can do to escape them. And, uh, well, that's the situation we're in right now, isn't it? Yep. And they always want more. Yeah. Never goes down. Uh, thank you. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Have a good week. It does go down. It just doesn't uh, It doesn't go down easily. <laughs> it goes down in difficult, unpleasant ways. But it does go down. Uh, British taxes went down eventually. Well, know? we're talking about taxes. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, lots of things go down eventually. <laughs> Just uh, a question of uh, what what methods, I suppose. What goes up must come down, right? That's uh... oh, are you are you speaking sexually? Is that what you're I didn't getting say at? anything? I don't even know what you're talking about at this point. Adam redeemed <laughs> is up next. Hi, Adam. What's on your mind? Howdy, howdy. Ah, yes, I, to... I remember. This is one of the best uh, radio voices oh, this among the voice callers. voice is crystal clear. Yeah. Well, I I have a, a simple Blue Yeti microphone I bought for $110 off of Amazon. So it's no, all voice. No, it's your voice. actual voice. Yeah. It's like... Oh, well, thank you. Those some kind words. Uh, God bless you both, and God bless your children. Oh, well, thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. God bless you, sir, and any children you may have. Oh, thank you. Um, the topic I wanted to bring up was the continuing debacle of the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment mm. and yeah. the pollution and the all the political shenanigans that have gone into that. Uh, what what the latest stuff I've seen is that 
the Norfolk Southern CEO went there again and people heckled him. And that's really all mm-hmm. I've seen. What what have I missed in the last couple of weeks? I'm not so much talking about uh, any like, you know, last minute news sort of stuff. I'm talking mm-hmm. more about like what led up to this oh, okay. tragedy that's happening in this rural 97% white Ohio place. Why are we having these problems? Why is our pol- why are our politicians not doing anything about it? Uh, so, well, are you asking us to answer? Or are you asking rhetorically for your own answer? Uh, rhetorically, but if okay. you, yeah, it's your show. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, if I guess if I if I had to guess, if I had to guess why at least the federal government's response has been so lackluster. Uh, I would point to two factors. I would say that this administration is so politicized that when they see events like that, that do not have any political benefit to them. It's not the same thing as like when a black guy gets shot by white cops and they swoop in and say, look how racist the police are or something like that. This is an area that generally votes against them and is not of a demographic they care about politically very much, which I think is part of it. Um, The other part of it is, especially with Biden, I, th- I think the reason they don't send him there is just because there's no there's no good optics that can come out of it. Do they want photos of this decrepit old man walking around the scene <laughs> of a train crash? That's going to be mm-hmm. all they're going to do is provide photo uh, photos for the next Republican campaign, I think, in their minds. So they're what they get out of it politically, I think, is first and foremost in the calculation as opposed to whatever they can provide for the people there who are there. Who you are were talking about suffering. prevention, not outcome, right? Well, the prevention, I guess, is part of this, but I wanted to talk about the, the lead up to this, and I guess mm. that would also include prevention. Um, well, part of it, if you weren't aware, they had hazardous chemicals on a train that was not marked as a hazardous chemical train. Really? So, correct, yes. What, is that, train, uh, it, what does that usually mean? Like they. Is there some Sorry. kind of big indicator on the external, uh, on the on the outside of a train that that says, like, what are we talking about when it's marked? I guess I don't know what that looks like. Well, it's not just markings. Like, yeah, you have your bog standard OSHA markings for like hmm. hazmat, bad, you know, evil, you'll die, cancer, all that. Uh, but it's also actually they use different trains for hazmat materials, and the hmm. train company Norfolk Southern was cheaping out on using the proper trains for moving the proper materials. So what kind of train were they using? It would, I, I don't, I'm not a train autist. I don't know all the specifics. I just know <laughs> that they weren't using a properly rated hazmat train. Ooh. So a hazmat train would obviously have some sort of um, measures to prevent the breach of the containers in the event that it derailed. Well, there's that, and also the derailment probably wouldn't have happened at all. Um, there were some technological things that they could have used. Like, you know, even on cars these days, they have like tire pressure sense sensors. Mm-hmm. Well, with trains and the train trucks, the wheels do wear down over time, and they have sensors to let them know when, you know, this wheel needs to be replaced. And Norfolk Southern has refused to use these on their trains. There was also some stuff done by the Trump administration to cut back on some of these regulations that would have made this mandatory. 
I thought, uh, so you tell me, cause you've read into this. It seems like a lot more than other people have. I've seen everyone saying that the, the, tr- the stuff that Trump was talking about had nothing to do or wouldn't have stopped this particular train derailment. You're saying that there were regulatory measures that were either mm-hmm. rolled back or were considered, but not implemented that would have stopped this. Uh, yeah, I believe it was the transportation secretary. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I'm sure they'll correct me in the comments, but I think it was like a Matthew Rosenberg. Oh, you, well, the transportation secretary is good old Mayor Pete. No, under, sorry, under Trump. Oh, uh, gotcha. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know the transportation secretary under uh, under Trump. I could look it up, but what, uh, so what? It was what specifically was the, just stuff yeah. for making sure that the, the train truck uh, wheels we're still in good working order. I mean, mm. you don't want the wheels on your own car to fall off right. and people don't want train wheels to fall off of trains. Apparently I think there's like some footage of this particular train heating up and like, you can just see the red fire coming off of the wheel. Yeah. I have seen that footage. Yeah. So this wasn't uh, conductor error, was it? I don't believe so. Um, one of the oh, other things that has been pointed out, pointed out to me is that um, they've been cracking down, the Biden administration has been cracking down on the uh, train engineers unions. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know, but the you have like firemen unions, you have police unions, well you also have train engineer union and they recently were trying to get an extra sick day and the Biden administration basically told them to go kick bricks. I did the details of that because I remember that contract fight in the fall and then it eventually went away. And were the details of the deal ever disclosed? Because I heard the accusation that that Biden basically folded to them, that he gave them everything Mm -hmm. they wanted. But I don't know the details of the deal. So, no, the the train engineer union is like mostly white. It's one of the whitest jobs aside from like air traffic controllers at airports. Oh, that's reassuring. Yeah. Well, Carry on. Um, the Biden administration basically told the train engineers, like I said, to go kick bricks. You're yeah. not striking. They said you were specifically not allowed to strike. Yeah. Okay. And this is kind of an echoing of what Reagan did back in the 80s with the air traffic controllers when they were threatening to strike. And Reagan was the one that broke the back of the unions. And I know a lot of people don't like unions these days for various reasons, but one of the big reasons they are around was to make people's wages higher you know right now people are struggling with their wages and is doing nothing to help us out well i don't understand how this i don't even understand the structure here because why is oh, it sorry what i'm saying is are these is this a public employee union or is it not i thought these guys were employees uh, of the not, railway they're employees of the railway but they have their own union okay. yeah um but it just leads into the greater thing that there is a big infrastructure problem in the United States. Yeah. We have roads, railways, airports in decay, and nationally, state, and local, our governments aren't doing anything on the upkeep. Hmm. They're perfectly fine with things falling apart. Yep. Except when it's politically inconvenient. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that anybody should be flying anymore either. There've been a lot of incidents lately, a lot of near misses on the uh, tarmac, but a lot of uh, yeah. <laughs> news. There's a lot of like fights among you passengers in to, the air, a lot of chaos going on ch- in the cabin. 
I might have to check on the uh, racial demographics of the air traffic controllers again. Uh, well, <laughs> is that untrue? Because I was feeling better about flying for a second. <laughs> anyway, um, before we let you go, okay, I have a hypothetical to run past you. So you get on a plane, the cockpit's open inexplicably. You see that your pilot, black female, your co pilot, white female. What do you do? I can't believe that. I'm sorry, I'm grabbing the parachute. So much. I mean, you're like, not getting on the plane, right? Heart. Am I the only one to be like, nope, I'm uh uh-uh, I'm not doing this. I'm about <laughs> This is an face. absurd hypothetical. No one has ever experienced that. And <laughs> this is what we're looking at. Okay, the cockpit is always <laughs> closed and the whole flight I'm wondering. Am I going to die because of female incompetence? Well, you do today? get a clue when uh, they get on the uh, the microphone and say, "Here's your flight from this Seattle to San Francisco, speaking. whatever." Yeah. I think we may have just derailed this conversation a little bit. No uh, pun intended. No pun intended. Hey. Ha ha ha. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, we we do have to let you go though. But thank okay, you for uh, calling in, man. Appreciate it. Uh, could could I get one last? Uh, okay. So, uh, for for those who are unfamiliar, this uh, part of uh, East Palestine, Ohio, has been hard hit by the opioid crisis, and because of Reagan and Nixon and Clinton and a bunch of government um, programs, a lot of the industry has left the area. Mm-hmm. And our government is perfectly fine with letting white people in this area be destroyed by pollution. Wait, do you until... live there? No, I, I don't oh. live there. But I, there was a journalist that went down there named Eric Stryker, and he asked the simple question to Representative Bill Johnson of Ohio. He said, why are you not representing your constituents and bill johnson in response called the state police on this journalist mm. oh this is I, yeah crazy i did that our that. own our, our own politicians would call policemen on journalists for asking them to do their job was this the guy yeah. they busted on trespass or something but then he got released i think a, a few days after no i believe this was a, a different fellow oh there were Eric two Stryker, arrests I don't believe he was actually arrested. Um, ah, he okay. was later on handing out bottled water to the, to the locals. Okay, but uh, he's with the National Justice Party, which is a uh, pro-American, pro-white political party. All right. Well, it's uh, just interesting to see uh, all the kerfluffle after uh, Eric Stryker asked the simple question: Why aren't you representing white folks? Well, I'll have to look it up. I haven't seen that. All right. All right. Uh, thank you for, thank the call. You for your time. We are due for a break to catch up with chance. Already the show's flying by. Apparently so. Uh, I'll start off with Long Dong John, who says, uh, stupid Novak Djokovic, doesn't he know that all he has to do to enter the U.S. without a vaccine is simply walk in across the southern border? Uh, that might be a good strategy. I know that uh, Ron DeSantis was saying he'll ship him in from the Bahamas if he can or something like that, but... If you haven't followed, uh, my understanding is there's a tennis tournament upcoming in Miami and Novak Djokovic is not allowed to go because he's not vaccinated. We still have this preposterous rule that foreign people entering the country have to be vaccinated. Yeah. And so we're going to tell uh, a guy who's mid 30s among the healthiest people on planet Earth that uh, that unless he gets this ridiculous vaccine to protect against a virus allegedly that is already over with statistically speaking he can't come here i mean i i 
it's a ridiculous role for any foreign person trying to enter this country. But this is a guy who has a lot of uh, there's a lot of money to be made on that tournament. That's very good for Florida. It's very good for our country in general. If we yeah. have product productivity coming into our country. And so we're going to look at a productive, healthy, non-threatening guy who just wants to come into our country to participate in an event that's going to make a lot of money for a lot of people there. And we say no. Meanwhile, we got like kidnapping crazy cartel guys on the border. Yeah. And they can just walk right across if they want to. So, yeah, he probably should. He should join whatever that uh, that gang or cartel was that kidnapped those people right on the other side of uh, I forget. It's, it's, you know, south tip of Texas where that happened. But you saw that story, the kidnapping. Yep. Don't get a tummy tuck in Mexico. Mexico it's not worth I it. Know. Aaron and my friend was like, do you know where I can get knee surgery in Mexico? I'm like, if you're not been following the news, like, <laughs> yeah, just just don't go to fine. Mexico, man. Yeah. I, I after watching the cartel video, I don't even want to go to the resort places. I'm not going to Cancun. I'm not going <laughs> no. to any. No, it's not worth it because the, the cartel guys uh-uh. can come and get me. Actually, the joke's on me. The cartel guys can come and get me anytime they want. In fact, they're driving on <laughs> I-90 just a few right miles now. that way right now. Aaron Rodgers says, I don't really care what's on the Epstein list. I was just trying to score cool points so I'd get noticed by the hottest woman in YouTube politics. Blonde in the belly of the beast. I didn't like Aaron Rodgers until this week. I've always hated Aaron Rodgers for football team loyalty reasons, but Aaron Rodgers has said a lot of good things over the last you know, couple of years about specifically corona nonsense so isn't he, he like 35 but he looks 50 uh no it's more like 50 but he looks 35 <laughs> how old is he no i think he is about 35 years old yeah uh i think he's single these days he's 39 dude this dude looks like he's 39 he's still yeah. he's that old god man he's been around for forever i guess he looks like that dude that killed glenn in the walking dead he looks like negan kind he does. of i guess uh, all right. QAnon shaman. Hopefully my efforts have earned me a date with blonde when I get out. Well, everyone's just simping tonight, I guess. You know, um, this is the same person. Uh, oh, I, I know it's the same person. I'm just, I'm playing into the bit. <laughs> it's like you got Aaron Rodgers, QAnon shaman. Well, oh, let he me also ask you, said a giant black dude. I raped the QAnon shaman. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. So it did happen. That sucks. <gasps> I, we were hoping better for him. Uh, Amish extremist says Michael Knowles is coming to speak at the University of Buffalo and the local commies are big mad. They are planning all kinds of unhinged protests on the local subreddits. Well, if you uh, get any interesting footage or you learn any information, go ahead and send it our way. What a random person to be so mad about. Uh, Yeah, well, that controversy is still going back and forth on Twitter. Oh, he chose the word eradicate instead of confront or challenge. It's like, yeah. The idea should be eradicated. He was deliberate with that word. And the concept itself is a, is a big problem. Uh, Amish extremist. Oh, that, that's the one I just read. My mistake. Uh, we'll just get a couple more here. Blonde's chair. It's racist for blonde to use me in this way. What? Just, just because I'm black means I need to be a white lady's butt rest. That is a yeah. nice black leather or faux leather. Is it legit? It is. Or is it's it legit. fake? Oh, wow. Actually, I don't know. Ah, Bill Biz says, I listen to Chuck Schumer and I think Weimar Republic. Not sure why. Uh, <laughs> all right. DoorDash, South Carolina or SC. I shouldn't assume South Carolina. DoorDash, SC. My car was stolen. So damn depressed right now. I trust people too much. Holy cow. Well, uh, 
first of all, thanks for your um, thanks for your support for the show. Appreciate that very much. Uh, if your car was, we love you. You're very special. If your car was legitimately stolen, I hope that you're able to get that taken care of. That sucks, especially if you're doing DoorDash and it's your uh, means of business. Uh, but all the best with that. Yep. And thanks for supporting the show. Uh, all right. We will uh, circle back to your chats at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And next caller is Drift Rock. Drift Rock, are you there? Drift Rock? Uh, yes. Um, um, I... I'm uh, I'm I'm calling to uh, uh, you know grouse a little more about uh, the uh, interview with Razor Fist. Oh yeah, sure. As I recall, you uh, you are you take the opposite perspective or an opposing perspective from him on Lincoln, correct? Well, not not, not exactly uh, the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. um, I just uh, I I'm very cautious, and I would warn others to be very cautious about uh historical revisionism you know even if the case can be made that uh, somehow it's being revised to be more accurate uh you, you've got to ask yourself what what's the agenda what's 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 downstream from from whatever uh well, wait, what do you, um, is being peddled i want to back up on that just a little bit even if it's revised to be more accurate well one of the tricky things about history is is uh, the question of what is what is accuracy, so to speak. <laughs> I'll put it this way: um, Now that you two kids are famous, if uh, thank one you for or the compliment. You, uh, <laughs> You're far too you kind, I assure the, you. Uh, what's that? You're far too kind, I assure you. But uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> but, but, thank you. But. Uh, if if you if you have uh, the misfortune um, of living interesting lives, and and then you pass, um, what will happen is you will become a symbol of some kind. You know, um, you know it may be what's perceived by others to be a good symbol, uh, symbolism like uh, you could say happened to to uh, honest Abe. Or it, you you could get the Herbert Hoover treatment. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you know, it just uh, it's just the way it goes. But but the thing is, once once you become a, a symbol of something, whatever it is, um, it's very difficult uh, then to sort of unwind who you really were from from that symbol, or, or whatever whatever you've been uh, uh, used to symbolize. And so. Yeah. One, one of the reasons that everyone uh, historically has kind of talked Lincoln up is because, well, there's two two things. One, um, you know, the whole struggle against uh, uh, slavery thing. There had to be a face for that, and by virtue of being uh, shot, he got to be the face of that. the The, the other thing is that um, um, you uh, you end up in a uh, how can I put this you you end up in a situation where um who you were um as a person is not not really that important anymore i mean it, it's just it comes down to what did you di- do or what did you facilitate and so so my, my my point is um you 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 really can't talk down someone like um 
um, Washington or Lincoln without sort of bringing in into question what the good things they were uh, supposed to have done. And and so, yeah, the, the it, it it gets very complicated. And and, and with someone like Lincoln, I, I I would argue it's even a little more complicated because. What happened was uh, the nation had just gone through this um, uh, great trauma. I think that I, I, I think this number's right, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll caveat it. You should look it up yourself. But I think something on the order of four percent of the adult males in in the country had been killed in the war, and so they needed very much for the war. To, to have some grand purpose uh, that that was that justified this sacrifice, and you know he more or less be became a symbol of that as well. You know, but you know by by losing his own life. Well, and I, so sorry, oh, go, go ahead, ahead and sorry. finish. Well, I, I just I worry, and I I don't know if I'm characterizing your perspective properly, but a lot of this it sounds to me like the someone's legend or legacy ought to be prioritized over the facts of the matter is that well, that 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 is a great segue to hmm. one of the movies you guys need to watch is the man who killed liberty valance uh, i don't i don't know anything about the movie but oh, oh, is that is that oh, oh. but just before we move on is that is that an accurate way to characterize your position or am I misunderstanding it? it it's, it's close. I'll put it that way. I, I, I wouldn't say it's 100% accurate, but I I'd say it's close, but uh, you know, the, the uh, famous line from that, that movie, uh, uh, one, one of the great John Ford movies was, um, you know, if if the story doesn't uh, if the truth doesn't match the legend, you print the legend. Um, Ooh, but, uh, I, I I have my philosophical senses are tingling. I got problems with this, but <laughs> well, I, yeah. You, you, yeah. you need you need to watch the movie okay. that movie to really appreciate it. But uh, I, I think uh, you know uh, it's got John Ford and uh, Jimmy Stewart, or, or John Ford directed Jimmy Stewart and and John Wayne, and yeah. I think they knew what they were trying to say. And well, uh, if I were to I try to yeah, let oh, me let ahead. me entertain this for a minute because of course I mean you know. Generally speaking, I'm going to come down on the truth above everything else, the truth above legend, right, the truth right. above lore, the truth above however you want to lionize a particular person or not. However, if I want to take your position and give it the best shot that I can, there is something to be said for having sort of national heroes or national. Yes. Admittedly, I look at the at the founding fathers with a lot of admiration, and I'm sure if I sat down and had a beer with many of them, I would realize they had flaws that uh, I'm not particularly fond of. That they were, even if they were very smart men, very thoughtful men, they had they did a lot of terrible things, and they believed a lot of terrible things, or just they had characteristics or personality traits I didn't like. But there's benefit to having a sort of uh, perception of their legend because that's something that a country can unify around or sort of bond about um so I, I i don't i don't dismiss that point entirely i just i i guess i wonder how far that extends because I, i'm not i'm not trying to make lincoln out as like the the greatest villain 
of all villains. But to Razorfish's point, I, I do see a lot of efforts to centralize power, uh, efforts to act beyond the law that I think did have damaging effect and linger to this day in the way that power was sort of inverted away from the states mm-hmm. to the federal government. Um, to, I don't know. I, what, what are the, I guess, uh, well, to, to give you the question, what would be the boundaries of this kind of... Uh, legendification of of people if that if that's a way to describe well, it well I, I i i guess i i guess i would uh, um i i agree i i i don't i don't think i don't think we should engage in in, in falsehoods or entertain outright mm-hmm. falsehoods but you know one of the things that um, that uh, bothered me about the discussion with razor fist is it, it, he made it sound like Lincoln was somehow exceptional in that regard, when in fact a lot of the things. The deification. That, well, no, 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 no. As far as the 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 the, the um, uh, I'll call it the, the human foibles. You know, a right. lot of the things that that Lincoln did were were not ideas that were unique to him, even in his time. You know, there there has always been a push to uh, you know uh, centralize power. Uh, in Washington and to exploit that. You know, one of the things he made reference to was the fact that he was a a, a railroad lawyer. Well, heck, everyone then was a railroad lawyer. Uh, the, the railroad was one of the, the railroads were one of the single largest uh, um, wealth generators in the country in that time period. It, it, it dwarfed the gold rush in California. I mean, lots and lots of people got rich off the railroads um, um but um also um you know the the, the uh, uh, another debate that bothers me is the well what was the reason for the war was it really slavery well at the end of the day no what it was was that the democrats had been in power in washington for 40 years they'd had a they'd had a hammerlock on everything and the demographics had shifted enough that they weren't going to be able to maintain that anymore. Right. And, 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 you know, like the, the uh, corrupt little bitches they are, they're like, well, if, if we can't run this country, we're taking our, our football and our, our, our slaves and, and, and going home. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I have a hard time feeling uh, uh, bad that Lincoln thwarted them in that. <laughs> And I suppose he didn't anticipate that he was going to be deified in such a way. Oh, oh, oh no! I, I think he, I think he uh, went to his grave pretty confident that most people hated him. Yeah. But, but uh, that's true. Well, th- thanks for the call, and of course, thanks for taking well, uh, an opposing perspective in good yeah. faith. I appreciate that. Did you have? I, a final I just heart? want to say, uh, do one last bit of simping before I go. Oh, by and, all and means, offer, and yeah. offer, offer. A, 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 some caution here and that is there is you know the saying that that whom the gods would uh, 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 destroy they first drive mad well I think that works for men but not so much for women I think in the case of women whom the gods would destroy they first um, uh, make very intelligent and beautiful And and so be careful. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the call. Thank you for your kind words. Thanks for your support for the show. And thanks for your thoughts on the uh, topic of the week. Well, you're more than welcome. Thank you for what you do. Of course. Have a good night. Bye-bye.
McManity. Uh, did you have any more thoughts on that before we move on? And, or have you, are you all Lincoln doubt? No, I mean, I'm, I'm still interested in hearing alternative perspectives um, because this is something of a new topic to me. I mean, I did read um, the real Lincoln like a decade ago, uh, but I do take particular interest in things that were taught to me badly in public schools. So yeah, I'm still interested in talking. Hmm. All right. Uh, McManity. McManity, you're good to go if you're ready. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, good evening, guys. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, I'd say. A little what bit do you, tired. What um, do you want to talk about? Um, last week with tail uh, end of the show, Richard Parker called in. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd, like, I'd, I'd like to congratulate you, Matt, for being the one to actually make me turn off the call-in show for the week just because I was <laughs> oh, like... No. What did I Wait, do? which call was this? This was the one about uh, individualism, the... How how does... How does individualism really affect people versus the group? Um, he was talking about the... Uh, he kept bringing up rap music. Oh, yes. And okay. how there was... Uh, Every, everybody was idolizing uh, getting STDs for the most part. Right, um, yes. And I was listening through the replay for last week just to try and get my thoughts together. And Matt, you had said, um, oh, goodness. You said, well, who who is the great curator? Um, you, you asked that question to Richard. And I'll posit that question back to you of who who is a great curator in this context of in the house of well the father is going to be the one that does this he chooses what his children can see and what everybody can see of course and the question that i'll posit to you is with you as a father now how do you plan on I guess, outweighing the culture that's surrounding your children. Are you going to be the thought police, decide what music they can and they can't listen to, what oh, books I'm, they I'm, can read, what I'm going to have a very active read? role in my, in my son's upbringing, of course. The, I, I don't think that I have to have philosophical consistency in what materials my children are exposed to versus what everybody out there ought to be allowed to consume through their own free exercise. But if you're asking me, will I be an active participant in my son's education, media consumption, day-to-day activity? 100%. But how so? That that's that's what I'm getting at. Our What do you mean how culture, so? If 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 culture if the surrounding culture stands no chance against you as a parental figure. How do you how do you plan how do you plan to be the curator in that context by being an active participant in my son's life by talking how about so i i, I mean, guess i i i don't know how to describe it any better than that by being a part of his life every day understanding what he's up to talking to him about whatever it is that he's learning uh whatever activities he's interested in being a present father uh, I, I guess uh, I'm uh, trying to figure out my words here, but it's what would be the alternative? I guess, I guess to what 
<clears throat> I guess it's well why should should I not do that and someone should censor those materials? No, or how are you going to outweigh the cultural influence? How how are how are you going to outweigh that cultural influence? Are you going to specifically curate what content your son is yeah, that's called parenting. to view or listen to? Yeah, it's called parenting. But to I I guess I'm at I've I'm in the weird I'm at that weird age where I'm not a millennial, not a zoomer. So I never had internet until basically my freshman year of high school, just the way that everything was in our house. So it's Catholic school until middle school, then went to public school from beginning of middle school throughout high school. And kind of looking at the way in which my brother and especially my sister turned out, it's it's almost to a degree, I wonder how I didn't end up in. With all that exposure, a different, yeah. a different type of mindset. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You really have to monitor children's. Um, yeah, of course. I, I don't. Uh, computer I, in, and internet. In what sure. context would you not do that? Let's say that there was some that we had this perfect culture where there were no degenerate forces out there at all. Would you? What would the stance be? I let my kid use the internet unsupervised. When would you ever do that? That's that's a fair enough. I, I guess it's. I, I just don't understand this premise of there's a greater responsibility out there on society for the upbringing of my kid than there is on me for the upbringing of my kid. That and seems point, to be the, the premise. Point, here. The point that I think the point that I think Richard was trying to get at was yes the. Yes, the onus falls on you as the parent. But why stop there? Because people why, have rights. Why, why, why like, stop it simply that? Why, why, because, why stop it simply? Why, wait, hold on. Why, why stop it simply accepting, well, I'm just going to do things within my own house. Why not go further? Because your house is your why, business. Why, why not, not only as a matter of your rights, but, but, but as a matter of... It's, hold on, hold on. It's, that's, your... That's, your house that, that, is your that business. Isn't, isn't... And not only as a matter of your rights, but as a matter of the practical effect of enforcing these policies. I can't parent your kids better than you can parent your kids. That's what you're telling me, right? Why stop there? You want me to go into your house and parent your kids? No. Then why would I stop it's, there? It's... it's... So we, we already have curators of culture within our country, with, within our culture. We already have curators. We already have people deciding what's okay to have, what's not okay to have. And to simply stop at saying, well, as long as whatever's going, it's, it's the, I don't even know how to describe it aside from the straw man meme, where it's the, well, how does the collective and how does the collective physical and mental well-being of society affect you in any way? Oh, mind your own business. I, no, I guess that's, that's not at all the, what I'm arguing. I'm arguing for the moral fortitude to resist those forces. But I'm also saying it's not my business to go into your house and run your kid's life, which is a premise that you just granted. Could, could you repeat that last part? I'm saying I can take the position that we ought to have the moral fortitude to resist those bad cultural forces. But that doesn't entitle me 
to go into your house and parent your kid. But this is as long as there is, I ideally there would not be anybody attempting to parent your kid. Well, wait, that's what you're arguing is that we have to have some curator out there to there, prohibit there, these what, social what I'm saying influences there, there from getting the to your kids. The, curi- the, curi- the curator exists. It, Who's it's, the curator? Because it's not the parent. That's what I was challenged on. It's, I think what he was getting at in his call wasn't that, oh, it falls on the parent. It falls on us as a society to become the curators. The curators already exist. Nick Fuentes phrased this, I think, perfectly, where he described it as, it's kind of like guns. There are guns in society. Now you can... You, you can try and get rid of all of the guns and da 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 there there are still going to be guns there and as as long as that it's it's kind of like the state there's always going to be the state so why wouldn't you want to be the ones not you specifically but people within let's say your intellectual tribe why wouldn't you want to be the one controlling the levers of power the levers of power are going to be there because people that, oh, have I rights to like, which I, I have like no entitlement. I don't, I, I, don't I don't want like to control like your life. I believe you have power. a right to raise your children as you see fit. It's not my job to go in and tell you how to do it. And yeah, you as a parent should have the moral fortitude the, to, to resist bad cultural influence, but it's not my job to go to your house and enforce that for you because you have the right to your house. That's why. Not you specifically. Anybody. Is this a society where you have a right to raise your kid or is it not? Is it? What What do you see around you? Is this a society where people are able to raise their children? Or is well, this what I'm saying is it should be. And I don't understand your position. It, sh- your position. it should be. No, when I, I agree with you wholeheartedly where it should be. But I'm looking at the reality of it. It's kind of like saying, well, we should just take all the guns off the streets. Well, sure, you can do that, but you're not going to get rid of all the guns. It's kind of like, oh, things will be much better without the state. We should get rid of the state. But you know what? Those The state and those levers of power are going to be there, regardless of what you think and what you want and what I think and what I want. It's simply looking at the objective reality of it. I, where, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not following this argument at all. All right. Fair. I, but I'll give you the last fair, word if fair you enough. want. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, you know what? Let's leave it right. there. Thanks for Let, calling. I appreciate more. it. Well, thank you. Bye. Uh, am I being unfair? I don't, I don't understand what he's arguing. No, I think he was having a rough time on the call. I kind of I, felt, for I, I, felt for the guy. I, I, I let that go guess, on for way too long. I, I, I suppose. I hope I'm not. I'm hoping not being unfair, but I, I have no idea what what the position is on the relationship between whoever this curation force is out there in society or culture, and you as the parent. And in general, I am not going to grant the premise that anyone is more responsible for the upbringing of your child than you, as the parent. To to reverse that premise is to reverse everything about the way we raise our children. And I, yes, I'm, but there's no, there's no arguing that society reaches children, even, um, 
in the presence of very diligent hands-on parenting. Yeah. But uh, if we have an overwhelming mass of diligent hands-on parenting, intact nuclear families who have uh, a moral opposition to that material, that material will lose its uh, influence by virtue of its loss of consumption. It just won't be a popular thing. But in that way, we have to work together and we are clearly not capable of doing that as a society. Maybe not currently, but, uh, but again, what is the alternative? Am I supposed to look to the state and say, please censor on my behalf, but never censor anything that I do like. It's very important to me that you censor with perfection here. And no, that's I think going he's ta- to they're the talking about, they're talking about culture. I mean, well, he I, wasn't maybe, saying maybe that he wanted to make rap music illegal in the initial call. Um, that's, that's how I interpret it. But maybe if not illegal, there'd be some censorship force to stop that that it would not be able to be produced by force rather than by just lack of consumption. Maybe on a state level. (laughs) Well, now you're talking my language. If it's on a state level, I mean, would you allow state state level, like Supreme censorship? Um, This is, this is actually very interesting because this gets back to the idea of should the bill of rights apply to the States or as it has through the incorporation after the 14th amendment, or should that apply only to the federal government and ought States be able to restrict speech in a way that we've agreed the federal government should. Now I would take the position. No, I don't want government censorship in my state. Uh, But if you, if you are a state's rights, absolutist, maybe you say these people who do want the state to be censoring ought to have that power over there in Idaho or Wyoming. I I could see that position, even though I don't want to live in those states. My only problem, my counter on the 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 reversing the incorporation of the Bill of Rights to the states is that, well, what the hell does this club mean anyway? If we don't agree on some foundational premises of what is the legitimate domain of the government and what isn't, it's very hard for me to see why we maintain a union at all if our values are so at odds. Yep. But uh but would I, if we have to have state censorship, would I prefer it be in the state domain? Yeah, because I can leave. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that and would you be. Can't, you can't uh, actually have state censorship in an internet era. It'd be very tough. I'm. You could do it through. You could attempt to do it through IPs and stuff, but then you got VPNs and all that stuff to get around it. It. Yeah, you could do. I mean, states states have. Uh, different regulations presently on on certain internet activities see gambling i think there are certain pornography restrictions are there not oh really Uh, different state laws on that unless i'm mistaken Uh, so states have already attempted to do this in some ways but uh, but yeah no i don't know man Uh, i if i'm not if i'm not understanding what the position that is being taken here if, if i'm misunderstanding what's happening here i welcome further clarification. I'm not trying to be dismissive with it. I just, I don't understand what the argument is here. I don't understand if we're talking about censorship from a state level, if we're talking about just cultural resistance to these things. Um, but, but yeah, as a, as a fundamental premise, I'm never going to dismiss the primary importance of the, the father and the family in controlling what does and does not influence their children. That's the most important thing and always will be. Anyway, uh, we're due for a break here. Uh, and so we'll just get a couple in before we get back to the callers. 
Sure. Uh, Bill Biz was up next. Oh, no, I, I read that one. Uh, the Beast. Blonde is still in my belly even after all these years. When are you going to get out, Rebecca? It's been a long time. I've been discussing some rebranding options with a potential employee. Potential employee? Yes. You're going to have your own employee? I was thinking about it, you know, because I don't want to do all this stuff, like a bunch of the stuff. And I feel like if I do it correctly, I could be very popular. <laughs> Wait, I'm stuck what? at 125,000. Shut up! And I kind of feel like I'm ready Silly to woman. move things in a different direction. But I need somebody to do all the stuff that I don't want to do. What or is the I stuff you don't want to do? I don't want to schedule interviews. I don't want to oh. rebrand. Um, and so I worked out an arrangement with my friend that I, I think might work where oh, so you already have a person. I was going to say, you think you're going to hire a publicist effectively. That's not going to happen. Oh no, yeah. no, no. This was his idea. Like I will pay him X amount of dollars when I get to X number of subscribers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> You got a lot of uh, past interviews to delete to achieve that goal. That is the thing, though. I will not <laughs> censor myself. I won't. This guy, won't the, this guy is chasing fool's gold is what he's doing. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a couple here. Jay Lovell says the repealed train regs were specific to upgraded braking system railways, ex- railway executives lobbied against these regulations during the Obama administration where the deregulation began. Okay. So further clarification of what we were talking about earlier, uh, Daniel Yeager says, I'm starting to see how consequential the 88 to 92 election cycle was Bush senior and the neocons secured an ironclad, uh, ironclad grip on the party white house. uh, No HW, sorry, not WH HW as in George HW Bush, his state department bailed out the CCP after Tiananmen plus Ruby Ridge and Waco. Yeah. It was a, there's a lot of shenanigans going on in that era. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Sloat says, hey, Matt and Blonde, enjoyed your interview with Razorfist. If you haven't watched vlogging uh, with history rebuttal of it, Razorfist, you should. It's a uh, it's truly comical, the amount of twisting that Lincolnites do. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because that is the full two hour rebuttal that I watched to prepare some counterpoints. And, um, you know, I I don't know the guy's work, so it's hard for me to say if that's representative or not. The only thing I'll say, and this is not to inject myself into the historical debate, because frankly, even though I find a lot of what Razor Fist is saying pretty persuasive and well-cited, I'm just not well-read enough on it to be like, this guy is 100% correct and you should believe everything you're saying. With vlogging through history, I thought it was interesting because he started his response video by saying, well, he made an hour-long video, so that's how you know he probably doesn't know what he's talking about. He's taking way too long to explain it. And so this guy proceeds to make a two-hour <laughs> long video. And Doesn't then he realize he should have edited that out? It was a live stream, I think. So he was just like live oh. responding by the looks of it. And then he'll he'll pick on... Well, the other thing that really bothered me is like, oh, there you go. This guy said like, you know, he called someone a fucker or something. Whenever someone has to resort to insults, that means that they have no way to defend their position. It's like, Ed, the fallacy of ad hominem is not if you use a swear word, everything it's is if dismissed. if you use it in replace of actual yeah. facts. It's yeah. that insult itself is not an argument. But if Razor Fist goes off for 10 minutes citing A, B, C, and D. And then says, you stupid fuck at the end of it. That doesn't invalidate A, B, C, and D. <laughs> yeah. It might make it a harsher presentation in your opinion. And you're entitled to that. But you still have to address the facts of A, B, and C. 
I was sort of frustrated with it, but um, but I, I listened to it. And it, it did in the defense of this guy. It gave me access to information, challenging information that I didn't have prior. So it served its purpose. And for all I know, he makes really awesome videos. So I don't mean to. I saw just that. I don't know if that's representative or not, but. Anyway, uh, we should get back to the uh, to the callers because we're behind time and I want to make sure they have enough time. So uh, thank you. We'll get back to your uh, um, chats. I'll have at the to end just circle stream. back with you. Mustache Asian. Hello. Mustache Asian. How's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah. What's yeah, on your mind? The week. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I hereby challenge, uh, you know, Batman to the number one Asian spot. <laughs> Does he count? He's only half. I mean, he's half Japanese and half Taiwanese, supposedly. At least, if I remember correctly. Oh, I thought he was half white. Maybe I miss. Maybe I miss. He, uh, isn't he? No, he's he's Taiwanese. Right? Taiwanese I forgot. Maybe Taiwanese. I'm. Uh, maybe I have a, a incorrect memory. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just all, all poking fun because, like, uh, the guy I was talking to, another listener in Seattle, keep on wanting me to fight fight Batman for some reason, but you know. So, but yeah, it's just yeah. As a, as a full Taiwanese. Anyways, yeah. So you guys have to you fight to the death. Probably, probably will be fight to the death. Yeah. And There's no samurai should... culture there. I don't know. What do you guys normally use? Those those uh knives that have like hooks in them. Yeah. What do they they use? Oh. Uh, the sickle, like communists. Is that what they do? Know. Chinese weapons. I'm just gonna assume that's the same as Taiwanese weapons. I mean, yeah, they got a lot of weird looking knives. Let me check it out. Chinese knives. Or maybe are you talking about hooks? Like, are you talking about karambit? That karambit is more like Southeast Asian, kind of like more <laughs> like a like a Malaysian slash Filipino area. But they have their, their own stuff. Mm. I forgot exactly, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, there Chinese are a lot of cleavers. How oh, sweet! Oh, cleavers! Just, yeah, we have we have a lot of cleavers. But those just are going around and, and cleaving people in Taiwan. We have a bunch of like people running around with machetes, like <laughs> running around with machetes. That's you know, awesome. Bat, and uh, even though we ban guns, and they will still machete each other and make it into a uh, into a fight, you know, roll rage, right? So okay, yeah. All right. So yeah, so blonde. Good news. Uh, Idaho unbans private militias. Unbanned they were banned? private militias were banned. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was banned supposedly. It was there was supposedly laws against private militias, but I don't, I don't how think can it was they ban enforced. like a that's just banning a club basically? How do they do that? I don't think I don't people. Know. I don't know. Supposedly they were banning private militias. I guess it's one less you know potential legal landmine for them to for private militias to step on. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. And also one one more reason for Antifa to not, you know, fuck around in Idaho. Yeah, like they, fuck, they were fucking around in uh, in Georgia lately. Right? That story's crazy, and I haven't had enough time to uh, to talk about it. But yeah, twenty four people charged with terrorism. Reminder that zero people were charged with terrorism on January sixth. Nope, and yeah. you have Q Shaman just you know getting escorted around by a bunch of police you know um really what happened i saw a little bit of reporting on what happened in atlanta too and if if people didn't see it's again this 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 cop city training ground we talked about it because uh that one transgender activist named tortuguita was shot dead (laughs) remember we (laughs) talked about that a few weeks ago 
Little turtle. Tortuguita shot at a cop. Again, this is a cop training place under construction, and these Antifa people have been resisting it. Mm-hmm. And Tortuguita shot at a cop and hit and wounded a cop and they shot Tortuguita dead. That's what happened. Yeah. And I saw the news coverage tonight. A lot of this activity in, in protest at the cop training center is in response to a protester being killed. Uh, and one cop, one officer was injured. It's, they didn't describe how he was injured. They didn't describe why that protester was killed. They acted like they were independent events unrelated and that the protester... <laughs> They didn't use the word murder, obviously, but they did not explain the context as to why he was killed. Shooting at a police officer is a good way to get yourself killed. Yeah. That, you know, we could talk about right or right or wrong of the circumstances, and, and maybe there are nuances there. But in general, shoot at a cop, you're probably going to get shot yourself. And that's what happened to him. But they don't explain yeah. that. Nope. Nope. Never. Uh, even, even Fox is covering for this shit. It's like weird. What did they do? Just, just... I mean, they just like, they just didn't really just call it a protest, right? They didn't really call it like, or even the most recent attack, basically, it's just like, oh, it's a protest and not a basic terror attack. Oh, yeah. They still use the protest word. Yeah. Yeah. They still use a protest word. Yeah. Just not calling it for what it is. Yeah. Things like that. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe one more reason for me to try and get to Idaho at some point. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, well, right we'll now, all end up like, there eventually. Probably, probably just be a yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly happy right now working for Disney. Basically, um, you are uh, you are contract. working for Disney. Oh, on a contract. Basically, it's like the the company is contracting out with, of course, you know, most of the woke, you know, corporation. Yes. Yeah. The corporation that I um involuntarily joined essentially. Is a is an ESG, of course, and works directly with WEF, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's just great. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, they they're getting rid of Zippity Doodah at Disneyland. That's too racist. Why? It's racist. Why? Because it's associated with that movie "Song of the South" or "Song from the South." It's uh, yeah, it's some Confederate anthem, apparently. Zippity Doodah. I can't even fall. Like I, 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 if you held a gun to my head and asked me why that's racist, I swear to God, I wouldn't know. That's why they announced it uh, t- today or the other day. Isn't um, they're getting rid of Splash Mountain too? Is what? That why? Because for... it's racist. There's some race angle on that also. Somehow Splash Mountain really? is racist. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a race angle at this point. I think it's connected to the same movie. Uh, uh, song is it? Song of the South. Song from the no. South. Impotent yeah. men are just upset. Uh, about it no anyone uh, splash mountain Whatever. disney is yeah. overhauling splash mountain sorry to clump on your joke uh, disney is very good yeah. disney is overhauling splash mountain to remove the rides ties to a racist film this is a headline from 2020 wow that's retarded yeah yeah in fact i think it's already over you can't ride it's it's done you can't ride splash mountain anymore they're replacing it with uh <laughs> I don't know what what am I? Uh, yeah. I I I was thinking about making a racially charged joke there, but I'm going to pass. Uh, Shaniqua's hood ride or something like that. That that's what it's being yeah. replaced. And I, there's a better joke there. Someone in the chat make a better <laughs> line about what yeah. what this new ride will be. And uh, I, I it, it should be something like uh, the experience of getting kidnapped uh, at gunpoint and under gunfire in Mexico uh, in, uh, across the border. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be culturally sensitive. Anyway. And I mean, it's not exactly directly for Disney, but it's for subsidiary and it's for sports balls. So it's related to sports balls. And we'll see what happens with that. But Ah, well, yeah. oh, all right. Uh, how long have you been? How long has it been in Michigan and at the new job now? I know it's been a little while. It's been since last May. So. Okay, so you're coming up on a year. A year, yeah. You feel yeah, like uh, it's something up. you're going to stick with? Um, I I want to at least do something that's related to what I was trained for. <laughs> um, hmm. And before I I jump ship, uh, that's a that's a that's a plan because it's just want to have something to show for before you know like switching on to something that that's actually related to what I do. Hopefully, hopefully, but it's it's very tough, difficult because I do hardware development, and not many people do hardware development these days. Like manufacturing in the U.S. is is fucked. You know, so yeah, just, yeah that's the that's the downside. Nobody so we gotta bring in those Taiwanese to do all of our. <laughs> it's, it's I mean it's a ton of like I mean like uh, a lot of Asians doing like in in the car industry here. Yeah. So that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't right. know what to say. I like Asians. If I could replace every Mexican in this country with an Asian, I totally do it. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe. Well, so, wait. Yeah. On the hierarchy, there are no Asians that are that rank below. Is that what you're saying? A Mexican? No. <laughs> all right. What are you talking all about? Right. Yeah. If well, you could uh, replace every Mexican with a Filipino person, you're telling me you would. All do I'm that. saying is Taco Bell is better than Panda Express. That's insane. Gotcha. No, I don't know. Panda Express is pretty is pretty good. I probably would prefer Panda Express. Would, would you replace every Mexican with a Chinese person? I I disavow all of this. <laughs> Or the, the Taiwanese I mean, would be shaken in their boots. I, I have, uh, well, no, uh, I have, uh, there's a lot of Chinese communists and there are a lot of uh, hardworking family oriented, generally Christian or Catholic Hispanic families, you know? I, I, yeah, I but don't, you're not going to get your throat slit by a Chinese gang. Oh, I don't know about that. And uh, and even I still. I mean, they're just not as menacing. Here. Like, I just, I just oh, look at menacing. Chinese people and I'm like. Look at coronavirus. This is the most menacing shit we've dealt with in decades. You're going to get a manufactured virus delivered to your country, but you're not going to get your throat slit by a Chinese And in in fairness to the argument, they did that without invading our country. They did that from Wuhan. They didn't need to come here to do that. Yeah. No, probably not. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) did you have any additional thoughts on uh, the racial ranking and the dangers posed? I'm, or anything I'm else not, you want to talk about? Not, I mean, like just just one thing, which is like I was thinking about, like like when first guy was talking about religion, I believe, or a second guy, I forgot, like mm-hmm. about religion. You, know, you were asking him about if religion would do anything with it, uh, with kind of you know um, reviving like nations, right? Oh yeah, and, yeah, and I think like for me because like, you know I'm, I'm Christian, I feel that it's just like right now I think the only thing that at least Christians can do is to try to, at least for me, I try to cover as many Asians as possible, you know, Um, and that's kind of like try to, and that's the only way to kind of make, allow them to integrate into kind of more Western society. Yeah. (laughs) And also, you know, uh, really uh, beliefs wise be more close to a Western value, hopefully. So. That's, yeah, all right. Well, uh, thank you for your call. I'm glad to hear you're yeah. doing well, and uh, all the best with your your uh, Disney interactions. Yep. 
Yeah, hopefully not directly with the woke guys, but yeah. Like see you, man. That's, see you. Bye. Okay, uh, got time for a couple more before bottom of the hour here. Juggernaut is up next. Jugger- uh, Juggernaut, what's on your mind? Hello, all my n words. Yeah, you. I didn't get a chance to talk to you after last time, but I, did you hear my respectful request not to do that after you left? That was so you sounded, lame. You sounded I, so offended. I was kind of surprised. I and no, I am sincere in that. But again, if you listen back, I'm not offended by the word. I'm not clutching my pearls based on that. But real, <laughs> sincerely speaking, you're, you're threatening my family's livelihood when you do it, man. I, you I, were, I, listen. You were planning on going to Chick-fil-A and submitting the hard R N word as your name. (laughs) But I didn't say it. (laughs) And, and I know it's in, I know the rules aren't, aren't fair, but if I nuke my channel, it's different than you nuking my channel. True. That's true. From a property rights perspective. So, okay. I have, I just have to make sure that we're clear on that. I'm not, I'm not going to overreact and ban you forever (laughs) or something like that. But just, you know, just, be respectful. I was joking about that, though. You, I was I like, am I blacklisted from the call-in show now? Uh, am I N-word <laughs> yeah. listed? Uh, you, yeah, you probably should be. Uh, no. Well, it occurred to me that I actually never got back to you about eating the bugs. Can't remember the last conversation. Well, what, uh, uh, what was it? I asked you um, why you thought they were pushing the eating the bugs thing, and you're mm-hmm. like, I think you guys, we were all kind of like, eh, it's not obvious. And then you asked if there is any scientific literature on eating bugs. Oh, yeah. And so I looked into it. I was going to email you, and then I didn't find anything. Like Nothing? Like no society? Yeah, well, there's society that eat, eats bugs, but they didn't do like any kind of analysis on how healthy the people were. I don't even trust if they could do that. And um, all of all of the scientific literature basically said that eating bugs are bad. Like one of them just straight up said you have a one in three chance of getting uh, contracting a parasite if you eat a hmm. farmed like cricket. A farmed one cricket. in three. Yeah, cr- uh, cricket from a cricket farm. Well, yeah. you know what you should do. They have cricket farms. And I don't know why I'm telling you that you should do this. That there's anybody <laughs> out there. You want a, an opportunity to revive uh, an old classic. Just do the bug eating version of supersize me. Just eat bugs for a month and then see what happens. I, I can't do that. I have to feed all those bugs to my critters. <laughs> oh, so you already have them. I got some bugs lying around. <laughs> and you've never thought, what does this taste like? You've never eaten one? No. Lots hmm. of those are filled with parasites as the yeah. scientific literature enforces. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I've seen uh, coming up a lot lately, too, is uh, like cricket ice cream. You seen that around? Gross. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> no, I've, I've seen that in a few different places and I've not indulged where uh, I went to college in Columbia, Missouri. This place had um, cicada ice cream. What's the difference between them? Cicadas what, uh, and crickets? Yeah. Aren't they really, really similar? Or am cicadas I are beefier else? and they fly and they have wings. Cicadas yeah. are huge. Okay. Cicada, maybe I'm confusing. Like, are they like locusts or something? Maybe I'm confusing my bugs. No. Locusts are like grasshoppers. Locusts are like grasshoppers. Cicadas look crazy. Look up a cicada. How do you even spell it? Oh, I'm spelling it wrong. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, maybe I'm confusing my bugs. Oh, yeah, they're more they look more like crazy flies, I guess. This isn't what I was thinking of. I was thinking of something that looks more grasshopper like. Yeah. You're, these but these are like uh wait this is not, what are the bugs that we're supposed to eat are they grasshoppers or are they these they're crickets i thought they're like mealworms and crickets and roaches okay not cicadas cicadas are just uh the apocalypse bug that takes out all your crops or something yeah okay pretty much <laughs> okay well uh i'm thank you for uh following up with the research i guess uh well i guess it's not the science that is telling them that we should do this it's some other uh it's some other motivation yeah i mean excluding all the stupid like opinions the opinion articles that are like oh it'll reduce you know carbon emissions and stuff hmm. like that's not actual that doesn't say anything about the fact of eating them you know it's just like oh we'll save the planet if we force people to die <laughs> Yeah, it seems like that's a theme of a lot of their uh, moves lately. Uh, they got yeah. a lot of that going on. Uh, and I guess draw your own conclusions about why they may be doing that. Anyway, yeah. uh, thank you for the call. <laughs> thank you for the info. Have a great night. Good night. Good night. Thank you for your politeness. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, last call tonight goes to Gilgamesh, and then we'll uh, get to email questions. Gilgamesh, Hi. what's on your mind? Hi. Well, for one... That Song of the South is not a racist movie. It's actually, I've seen it. I'm tired of people saying it's a, it's a race movie because it's not. It stars a black man, and it's a great movie that you should actually see. And you can get it. You can buy the movie and watch it. It's worth watching. Um, and what was the other thing? It, it, it um, says here it's about abolition. It's, it's after... No, it's, it's after the end of slavery. Right, so it's not man, even in a slave era. No, no. What happens is this black man called Uncle Remus is walking and he meets this little white boy and he starts telling him about Briar Bear and Briar Rabbit. His mother sees the, this old, this man freaks out at first. She's like, what is he doing? Runs away, takes her son and runs away. But by the end of the movie, she changes her perception and realizes the old man's a nice guy compared to some of the white people around her and lets him teach her son you know, how to be a good person. That's why he was telling him these stories about Briar Bear and Briar Rabbit so he could understand how to be a good person. So it goes from the woman's perception of what a black person is to what really who, you know, that her, her ideas of black people are completely wrong by the end of the movie. So hmm. she completely changes by the end of the movie. So it's actually a really positive movie about what you perceive and what the realities are two different things. So it's worth watching for that and he can sing. Oh man, can he sing? He he does that song Zippity Doodah, and you're just like it's a catchy song you hear and you're. Sn- well, I'm you're looking listening. now. That actually won an Academy Award yeah. in 1948. Yeah. So are they uh-huh. going to have to take away the Academy Award too? Oh, and by the way, Hattie McDaniel, who was also in Song of the South, was in that movie too. And by the way, her, the carrot, the the actors, black actors who played the slaves in in Gone the Wind, she told them about what her parents experienced as slaves and said it was nothing like what everybody depicts in Roots. She said her her parents' slave experience was way different. They were educated. They're basically they got to they had duties to do. When they were done, they got to just go and do whatever they wanted. They weren't forced to work in the field. They were well taken care of. She said that their slave master was a nice guy. And this turns out to be like Razorfist said it true about a lot of in the South. Once they got away from the North, slavery was pretty much over because they didn't have the banks tell them they couldn't end it on their own. So yeah. And so, 
And the fact, and it's like really funny when you watch the way that they were treated in the movie. If you notice, they could, she could tell the little girl what to do, but she couldn't talk. She couldn't be disrespectful to the to the white woman, but she could talk. Tell the girl, you know, Hattie McDaniel, you could tell the little girl what to do, but she had to respect the lady of the house. See, it, and yet they weren't treated bad. See, that's ah. what, yeah. See, that's what's different about what most depiction of slavery. What we get told about slavery is not everybody was treated terrible in the South. Well, there's that was there's, a slave. There are still some problems with the arangement in general, but uh, oh, I know. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I know. Your, I'll but take your this. point. Yeah. yeah, Razor Fist was like, well, they also didn't have to uh, fight in the Civil War, and everybody's like, Rule. and they chose to. They chose to. <laughs> In the South, they actually more black people served in the Southern in the Confederate Army than in the North. Lincoln forced the Northern blacks to serve to get their freedom. And in the South, they joined because they liked their, what they had going on once they left the North. And so they willingly served in the Confederate Army to keep that freedom. Well, I don't know what the and plan was. You couldn't just go to the North. They just returned you to the South. So... Yeah, Lincoln's father was part of that. He would take them when they try to get try to go to the north to get away from the south. He'd send them right back to the south, back to their slave masters. That was his job as a, you know, in the north. And by the way, when I was in high school, we watched Roots. And after it was done, my teacher literally, my great teacher said, Oh, Roots was a total pile of shit, and here's the real truth about slavery. The Bhutan were the rich tribal leaders who, without the Portuguese fort, uh, ritually sacrificed those they didn't desire or ate them. So without the fort, there would have been no slavery because they would have killed everyone they didn't want. Mm. And she said, that's, and by the way, the Whoopi Goldberg and all those people, without slavery, you wouldn't have ever been born. Bye. There's the I, I, argument I, I, that slavery ensures that we have, you oh know, my black God, people in America bro. for the most part. You can't that's, say that, though. Oh, I Well, do. it was, uh, remember Muhammad Ali got in a bunch of trouble for that. Was it him? It yeah. Was, who said basically who said that like slavery is the best thing that's ever happened to well, black people? Like, well, yeah, because without without that without the except for the the Africans that left willingly and came to America when we were our colonies, all the ones that came over here, people who were descendants of slaves, would never have been born. Yeah, yeah, we would have lost a lot of people. Muhammad Ali was right. Slavery was probably because if you look at it, families had like like uh, Liberty Elders pointed this out during slavery and segregation. Black kids grew up with both parents. Unlike nowadays yeah. where most blacks don't even know their father because they grew up in the projects and, and the fathers are told to get the hell out unless they grow up in the you know, white neighborhoods where they have both parents. Yeah, he said this because his father was from, you know, was, was from the segregationist South. And he said that it was far better during segregation and slavery for kids because they had both their parents than what we see now. And the, the whole idea that Indian segregation was a terrible, you know, it was the best thing for black people. No, it was a lie. You know, the whole thing was a lie. Civil rights was never about freeing black people. It was about enslaving them to the, for the, to the Democrat Party forever. And that's essentially what's happened. Just look at what JBL said. Yeah, slavery was what they wanted. They wanted them forever to vote Democrat. And guess what they've done? So uh, it seems to have... <laughs> Whether it was the intent or not, it uh, it has taken on something of a different yeah. form in that way. I think it's oh, fair to I say, just, but we we gotta we gotta finish up here. But I'll thing. give you a last word if you want. Just let you know, blonde. I'm not voting for anybody in the next election. I'm done. a boy. Yes. Yeah. Voting right. doesn't work, Matt. You should realize that. 
Uh, well, my to be to be as fair with my argument as possible, I have not uh, said that this that certainly we're going to be able to vote our way out of this. What I've said in recent years is it doesn't hurt. And I remain committed well, to the it, it does no harm. So I'm still going to do it. But, yeah, I'm under no delusion that like, oh, once we send the right guys to Washington, once we send more Mitt Romney's and uh, and, um, no. and 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 Turtle Man, why can't I think of his name? McConnell. You see them out there. It, it was a it was a big mistake to release this January 6th footage. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, thanks, like man. Chuck Schumer losing on the floor over it. Oh my god. Well, Chuck Schumer, that, that's that's on another great. level. I mean, it, oh, it, thank you. Turtle yeah. Man is just saying uh, uh, that I I don't like this, but Chuck Schumer is saying using his government uh, his government podium, his government lectern to say uh, censor that man, stop yeah. him from talking. I that, know that's so stupid. I wonder what he released tonight. A, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'll even a Tucker Carlson man. I don't even like Tucker Carlson, but I'm glad he's releasing the footage. Well, it's like, just That's watch what... the video. I don't give a... I know. Tucker's commentary, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. But but I'm inter- I, I'm much less interested in Tucker's commentary than just the footage that he showed. Yeah. I don't have what to... What he should do is take all the footage, put it on Rumble, under, put it over there, and do no commentary and release all of it over there so that people can watch the whole thing themselves. And then he could do the little bits on his on his show with his commentary and everything, but release it all on, on Rumble and just put it as January the 6th surveillance video. So everybody can watch the thing without his commentary. That'd be a big That's Rumble I exclusive. <laughs> That'd be I a know. big get. Big get for but Rumble. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Thank Bond, you for get a uh, calling channel. in. You should move everything over to Rumble just in case. Cause I'll make I my think... slave wage employee. Dead. You never set hey, it up? Hey, hey, I'll do it for free for you. No, no one's doing anything no, for free. No. No, no, no. I don't I don't care about making no, trust me. I'll help you out for nothing if I could get you the people to do interviews with. I wouldn't need to get paid. All right. Oh. No, seriously, you don't need to pay me. Keep the money. I well, you got to do your, as we I'm not I have no problem helping her out. You on Matt would have to pay me. So, but I'll do it for nothing. <laughs> so not because I'm sad, because Blonde is the, one of the best interviews. That's why I'd be willing to do it for. Get out of here! Yeah. All right, we're, let, we're letting just, you go. Get my email. Reach out to me, and we can right. get this going. Thanks, man. See you later. Oh yeah, no problem. Bye-bye. Have a good night. All right, there's your new employee. <laughs> I did it. Okay. I've run a business now. <laughs> the hiring process is over. Okay. Um, we're all set on calls tonight. Appreciate everybody who called in. If you uh, were trying to call in, you didn't make it tonight or uh, you'd like to participate, but you can't uh, while live, you can send us an email question. Of course, the way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That's where we take our call-in show questions. Mike says, what is your concealed carry gun and holster of choice? Well, uh, I am uh, a, I, I am a believer in the SIG P365. I think it is a fantastic firearm. And uh, I've been carrying it for almost two years now. I know a lot of people prefer the XL. Uh, For me, concealability is of primary importance. I want to be able to carry and not print in uh, t-shirt and shorts in the summer, which was a problem for me previously when I got when I got assaulted by that police officer because I was printing and he. And he uh, came. So concealability is a huge factor for me. That's why I, I chose the smaller model. But even with the smaller model, you're still getting uh, 10 plus one uh, with the smallest magazine. So great gun. Um, I may uh, I, I just run a, a poverty holster and I know the elitists will scoff at me because there are all kinds of elite holsters that you can get. But I just have a, you know, nothing fancy inside the waistband 
plastic holster that holds it snugly. And um, I haven't done any, I haven't done any backflips like uh, that FBI guy, but I have not, not had it fall out of its holster in my two years of carrying. So uh, that was and, so funny. I haven't seen that video in a while. And people, um, people who have followed my carry journey from way back when, when I just started and uh, doing the, uh, like just started carrying uh, in large part convinced by many in the audience uh, uh, of this show, I had a lot of hesitation and reluctance about certain things, carrying with one in the chamber, obviously having a safety. You'll be pleased to know one in the chamber. No, your holster is your safety, which is why people want you to have it. I'm let me be clear. I'm not running some shitty holster that doesn't hold the gun. The holster is a safety. The gun's not going off because of the holster. Uh, the retention is, is just fine. Um, but but yeah, if you really want to be prepared, I think that's the way to go. You 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 don't want to have to draw. If you're in that situation where there's a, a, some kind of emergency that you need to respond to, there's an active shooter, there's someone trying to mug you, whatever. You don't want to have to draw and and uh, and 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 pull the slide on your gun or check to see if it's if it's uh, you know if you got one in the chamber or meddle with the safety at all. You want to be able to draw and have that ready to go uh, on a moment's notice. And I think. That is the the wisdom in carrying that way. You just make sure that your your holster has proper retention and that it's there's no way the trigger is going to go off and it doesn't. Um, I've also I've spent some time pocket carrying too, and those were uh, Desantis holsters, not related to the uh, to the governor. They're not uh, his brand. They're just called Desantis. Uh, and in certain sometimes I will still pocket carry, though rarely. If a situation demands it, uh, I might. But uh, I, I don't really pocket carry anymore. And appendix only pointed straight at your nut. That's the <laughs> you have this to be a man. Best way to carry. One yeah. in the chamber, no safety, pointed straight at your nut. That <laughs> is how to carry. Um, can I can I ask if you have converted to any carry methods? No, just let the man handle it. Yeah, that's generally what I believe about firearms. Yeah. Uh, I have a firearm for home safety that I am barely proficient in, hmm. but if somebody got really close to me, I, I think I could blow their brains out. <laughs> At that point, you should be able to, I suppose, if they're, yeah. if they're close enough to touch you, but so much of it, um, it's like, it, it, uh, I, I, well, I don't want to put my wife on blast because I know that she's listening in the other room. But she has know, definitely lost interest in the show. Actually. She's still she still cucks on the safety. She's got the safety on her gun. So but but she's come around more to carrying, which is really great to see. And uh, um, but uh, but for her in, in the way that she's uh, developed in that in, in her comfort with carrying and her comfort with guns for me, too, it, it's not so much like obviously I would like it if my wife was Annie Oakley. I'm not Annie Oakley either, by the way. I'm not gonna, I'm not the greatest shooter in the world, but a lot of self-defense is knowing exactly what you're doing and just handling the firearm. You yeah. need to you need to you need to be competent and proficient just in the way that you're handling the look like you know what you're doing. Know yeah, what I, you're doing is I a big bonus. somebody that can do this stuff so yeah. that I didn't have to, you know? Well, but there might be situations in which he is not able to defend you in that way. But that's yeah i'll be screwed yeah so you, you just submit to your fate at that point yeah definitely. <laughs> all right um, um mega desantis patriot this guy's totally bullshit he's just trolling us okay me again can't believe my racist homophobic roommate has been telling me that matt's just a boomer libertarian and his takes are quote 
cringe. Oh, no. He was saying that American culture for the last 50 years has been designed to produce degeneracy and that even if he keeps him and his family away from it, it's still it's still infecting his neighbors and destroying community cohesion. I keep telling him the patriotic thing to do is not to care if all your neighbors are being brainwashed by hardcore fetish porn and just try to convince them to vote for DeSantis with facts and logic. How do I handle my fascist roommate in the situation? He keeps trying to get me to watch Blackpilled, Devin Stack. What a racist. Well, I'm, glad, hat. I'm glad to know Ben listens to the show. That's great. Uh, I, I obviously there's like trolling here. Uh, I'm trying to gather if there's a sincere question in it because I don't want to dismiss that. If I don't think is. so. I think our car, our call. Did I just have a stroke? Took yeah. care of this. Uh, there were there were many of those themes. I would say if the, if these themes are serious, I don't think it's a fair representation of my position. I'm not saying that we. Obviously, you want to have the moral core to resist these influences. And there's nothing wrong with encouraging others to do that same thing. I think there is something yeah. wrong when you in, when you trample on their rights, you intrude upon their homes to try to enforce it. You want people to make these these moral choices on their own behalf. That's how these things stick is when people choose them themselves. You're not going to be able to go around and browbeat morality into every neighbor. Right. In, in your community, let alone the entire country, you mm-hmm. you have to. I I know you're poking fun at the facts and logic angle here. You have to convince people. You have to have people choose these things on their own behalf, or it will not work. If people aren't doing, people are not going to live virtuous moral lives because a gun is pointed at their head. You might be, you might get a few that way, but you're not going to have a prosperous society. You need to have people choosing these things and building their families because they want to, not because someone is is trying to control their every move. Okay. Trad prot dad. What's prot? Protestant? Oh, and thank you. It's like what the, I've never seen that. What the hell's prot? Protestant dad. Would either of you be in favor of outlawing divorce except in the case of adultery or severe physical abuse, as in someone's life is truly in danger, not just the domestic discipline spanking that blonde is into? If not, no. Why? If not, why not? And what negative externalities would you see associated with such a law? Okay, so I I would be interested in that. Um, He said adultery, right? Yes. Okay, fine. But I don't know that it would actually reduce divorce rates it would just make women fabricate claims more uh proficiently okay uh well i'm there are a lot of different ways to think about this one is just as a matter of pure contract if two parties agree to that contract and then maybe maybe i'm trying to take the position of yes we should enforce that contract just because someone has decided i don't like this contract anymore if you sign a contract, if two businesses sign a contract, I'll provide you with X good in exchange for Y dollars. And then later you just decide, well, I don't like this deal anymore. Well, tough shit. You're not going to get out of that just because you don't like it anymore. You signed your name on the dotted line and you have to right. fulfill that contract. If we treat marriage in the same way, well, just because you don't like the person anymore or something, that doesn't erase the fact that you swore your life to him or her till death do you part. And unless there's some egregious breach or destruction of that contract, you can't just leave it because you swore that you wouldn't. Um, I guess, but I guess the the hole in that is what if both parties mutually agree to split ways in, in the case of a contract, if we both agree it's null and void, well then it is. Um, right. This would involve a lot of uh, federal and state control. 
Definitely no Fed control, but the state state control. Yeah, as, as we've talked about. So, yeah, the last thing I want is uh, federal involvement in, in marriage. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a disaster? Gay marriage mandatory is how you get that. Gay only. And you can no. Maybe it would just maybe it wouldn't be marriage at all. Just gay orgies mandatory. No marriage component uh, at all. Um. So, well, so I guess from a pure contract perspective, I might be in favor of that. There's no doubt that splitting up fam- the ease with which we split up families is hugely damaging. Yeah. Among the most destructive forces in our society right now, I, I would say, if not the most. Uh. So. Maybe it would be wiser to err on the side of too restrictive in allowing divorce from a legal perspective. There's an argument right. to be made there from just purely, just a purely, it's just a purely pragmatic argument in that way. That the results of being too lenient with divorce are catastrophic, being stricter, even if it may if it may step into uh, if it may step on people's rights a little bit, I suppose like your, your contract, your right to leave a contract in that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of talking in circles here, which means I haven't thought about this extremely thoroughly. Um, but if I'm going to pick a side to err on right now, I'm going to entertain the side of keeping marriages and families together. Okay. Yeah. So maybe uh, I'll, I'll put more thought to it. Trad Pratt dad. Uh, we need to, yeah, we need to, we need to keep families together one way or another. Is it, is it through the use of, is it through the state or is it just, uh, is it through the old mechanism of shame? Single moms shame should be, unless your husband died in a war, you should be pointed and laughed at. That's not a single mom. A widow <laughs> is not the same thing yeah. as a single mom. Yeah. Well, and I, I should be fair. There are a lot of single moms who are single moms because of absentee fathers. Absentee fathers should also be mocked and ridiculed. In fact, probably more so. That's true. But women are the gatekeepers of sex and they need to stop banging losers. Yeah, I suppose. Not Uh, that banging one loser is like the greatest crime that anybody on earth can commit, but the consequences are just, just terrible. So. All right. Uh, my, uh, am I up next? Yeah. Or no, I read that one, right? Charlie. Uh, the Red Caesar. Matt, oh, yeah. do you have any objection to putting every leftist in a labor camp? My view, <laughs> their labor would benefit the sane members of society or remove the yeah. need for importing illegals, and the labor would reconnect them with reality and lessen their neuroses. Uh, their labor would set them free. <laughs> Your thoughts. I don't well, even want to do that. I like Hitler. Uh, yeah, I have I do have some moral objections to uh, to locking up my ideological opposition. Um, so I will have to I will have to cock on that point. But if you uh, keep them alive, you open the door for revolt. Well, I'm really doing them a favor because through labor, they will discover the value of work, the value right. of contribution, not just to society, but it's to true, themselves yeah. that. That through work, you find the fruits of your labor. You, fry, you find construction of excellent things, including your life itself. It's definitely and, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what what could they even do? They're all white and weak and limp-wristed. Like, at least slaves were black and big and strong and could get <laughs> there, stuff done. But like these are, people, what could they even they, do? There's a lot of racial minorities in the leftist sphere. It is not strictly the whites whatever we would have labor camps filled with people that like looked like that antifa um did you see that antifa picture of everybody that got arrested in portland it would look like uh, a whole bunch of 
Sam Bankman Freed's girlfriend and Sam Bankman Freed. There'd be yeah, a lot. What yeah. can those people even do for me? Unless uh, I want to launder money. They're fucking worthless. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Uh, it could be. Yeah, it could be a money laundering camp. I'm sure we could figure it out. Well, I do want to launder money. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should get them up. Uh, Charlie says to protect states rights. Should certain states be declared reservations for respective racial groups of whites, blacks and Asians? If so, which states should be assigned to which race? Well, I'm going to just for the sake of the fun conversation, I'm going to just grant the premise of the first part that we should do this. And I'm not saying that's my position. I'm just going to say in the interest of time and fun here, let's say that they had to be designated racial states. Which state is is what? Um, well, the, the most white state has to be like. Uh, I'm going to take a, uh, Vermont has to be up there. Maine, Maine has to be up there. North Dakota has to be way up there. Used to be Minnesota and Idaho, but we got some problems. Idaho. Well, I guess I could just answer. Let's let's see what the answer is. Most white state. There's got to there be an tons answer. of Mexicans. I, in I South nailed Idaho. it. Ver, I, Vermont. Number one. Ninety five point six. Maine. Oh, the one we nice. forgot. West Virginia and New oh. Hampshire. Right. So let's say that, uh, well, I guess Vermont uh, is the white state. Okay. But that's just purely based on the, the demographic Did stats. Did you say as of 95%? Almost 96. Yeah. Damn. But it's the question is, which should be the white state? I'm just going to go with that. Zillow.com. Okay. <laughs> Vermont here. Yeah. Just I'll deal with Bernie Sanders. I'll, I'll put up with it. Um, yeah. Okay. What's the black state? The blackest state. Well, I, I, we're supposed to pick a state to be the black state. Georgia. I'm going to go with Louisiana. Like fine. I don't want Louisiana either. I, I, Louisiana is the Popeye's state. So Louis- certain states be declared reservations for okay. whites blacks okay the blacks they get the deep south i don't give a fuck about the deep louisiana south. is the black state i that's my pick what about asians asians i think it it's got to be west coast it's got to be For washington all the asians Oregon. in hawaii i don't care about hawaii do you? oh well then it's like are those pacific islanders are they asian for the purpose of i guess no we're talking about taking all the asians in this country and they're already yeah. used to living on top of each other so they'd all fit in hawaii oh i was yeah i was just thinking in which state do they most fit Oh, no, it says to be declared reservations. Okay, so we're actually like moving them there. Yeah. Uh, again, for the sake of the question, um, you would you would make Hawaii, if that's the premise, that you would make, a, 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 that it's kind of their semi-autonomous reservation, you would give up Hawaii so the Asians? I, I give don't give them, a fuck about Hawaii. Give them California, I give feel them like, Washington. I want Hawaii. I feel like if we're going to quarantine any racial group, it should be black people. We should put black people in Hawaii. <laughs> i changed my okay. mind all right black people in hawaii asians get the deep south what the how does that make any sense i hate the deep south i just i just hate it so it's just that you you want someone you want other people to go there that's what we're thinking here yeah the, the okay. part of the country that i care about the least is the deep south it's too I hot was, it's too fucking hot i was I trying don't. to think what places would be most suitable but oh that's <laughs> so nice of you <laughs> Uh, that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you read this question? Uh, yeah. Um, 
eradicating transgenderism. There's no erasing bad ideas. Matt Christensen, Colin Show, 3123. Contract context was restricting production, distribution of explicit rap music. This really stuck in people's crop. Hmm. Transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ide- ideology. Michael Knowles, 2023, CPAC. Yeah, I don't quote from last week's call in show seems to be at odds with Mr. Knowles' pronouncement, which you featured on critically on Sunday show. Do you have a critique of Knowles' statement from your cultural libertarian perspective? Or is it somehow possible possible or desirable to erase transgenderism, but no other bad ideas? No, That's actually and, a legitimate question. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take this in as good faith as possible. I don't think this is actually the gotcha that it is being presented as. This, I think, relates to what is the premise of the original call. Are we talking about state censorship? I don't think Mike, I don't want to speak for Michael Knowles. So maybe he would take this position. I, I, I'm going to guess not. I don't think that he's going to say we ought to uh, invoke the state or bring the state to ban the concept of transgenderism in the same we're not going to use the state to ban the production of rap music. Now, if you're if the premise here is we ought to fight back culturally against the concept of transgenderism in the same way we ought to fight back culturally against uh, rap music and the themes it presents. Yeah, fine. I don't have an issue with that. My problem with what I understand to be the premise of that call, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what the premise is, is that if only we had some great censor out there to handle this through force rather than through cultural rejection of it, convincing people it's a bad idea. I'm going to speculate that Michael Knowles' position is the latter. That's the way that I understand it. I didn't hear a call for a call for the state enforcement of banning the concept of transgenderism. And I say this trying to be as fair as possible to the caller from last week, uh, because I interpreted him to mean that there ought to be some sort of censorship force out there. Maybe that's not what he means. I invite him to, to clarify on that if I've misunderstood what he said, but yeah, I don't have a problem with pushing back on bad ideas culturally. And what I mean when I say you can't erase it, there's no gun that you can point at people to erase concepts. You can argue against them. You can convince them, uh, convince people to change their minds on these concepts, but you can't just point a gun at a concept and make it go away. Yep. And that's what I mean when I say there's no erasing it in that way. It's not just take out some, like it's a dry erase board and you just wipe it away. You're going to have to convince people that it's not a worthwhile idea to believe in. And I think that's exactly what Michael Knowles is talking about. I, I don't read him to, I don't understand him to be saying that we should just point guns at people until they stop doing this. Yeah. Unless you are on Twitter. That's unless not what he said. Unless you're on a blue check, a blue check on Twitter, then, then it's, we should point guns at every tranny that we see and pull the trigger. In fact, is how they interpreted it. But, if uh, only. and, and yeah, so I, I, uh, appreciate the, the challenge on that front, but I, I don't think these are conflicting. These are conflicting concepts. And, um, if I'm misunderstanding the censorship force from the prior caller, then we can clarify that later. JD 14 says, uh, after Nathan Dom's interview, Steve Bannon is predicting the return of the daily show with, uh, none other than the Baron Chelsea handler as host. Bannon says that the daily show was instrumental in driving the narrative of the left to not count handler out. What do you think uh, are the odds of that happening? What role do you believe John Stewart will have in this? Didn't she, cause I don't watch the daily show, but they have been doing temporary hosts or like rolling it's hosts. still happening. Yeah. Trevor Noah left and they've been doing, uh, 
hosts like guest hosts basically they they do a few weeks at a time or something like that they're it's a that's retarded i don't know chelsea handler is unpopular even amongst leftists isn't she uh i i well she they attempted giving her a show on netflix back in 2016 and it went badly it was gone really quickly that was the show where barbara boxer cried because trump or maybe she cried. Maybe it was Chelsea Handler who cried. Barbara Boxer was on the former California senator and Chelsea Handler may have cried when Trump was elected. And that, that show lasted a year or something like that. It was called Chelsea on Netflix. So good luck. If you think you're going to revive that. Okay. Tin man says, uh, yeah, I did actually. You're up Tin man. Okay. We've discussed the difficulties involved in ballot harvesting for the more rural and less densely populated GOP. What if we thought outside the ballot box and organized a Blondian ethics be damned drive to harvest ballots in the leftiest districts? Drive around the most fertile vote, um, harvesting neighborhoods, collecting up absentee ballots. And was there supposed to be another step to this? Because I'm hitting the landfill and having a drink. What? Okay. <laughs> so you're saying harvest their ballots before... The actual leftist activists harvest their ballots. Is that what you're saying? I like it. Skag's going to have some problem with it based on his sense of ethics, but uh, I'm fine with this. (laughs) This is not the country I want to live in. Of course, I don't, I don't want the game to be the country you can drive to the, to the project apartments and, and collect as the most ballots. Like this is some (laughs) bizarre, stupid video game or something like that. But there's there's no doubt that under the current rules, may the greatest harvester win. Yeah. And so there are two ways to approach that. Can you out harvest them by harvesting the legitimate votes of rural voters who will vote more in line with conservative traditional values? Or can you just scoop up their harvesting targets before they harvest them? As a matter of pure strategy, again, this is not the country I want to live in because I want voters to vote on their own behalf. And if they don't, they don't want to vote or they don't think about voting or they don't value it. They shouldn't vote. We shouldn't have people collecting them. But as long as we're doing the collection, I don't see any greater moral problem with this than the status quo. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. So if those are the rules, uh, I guess. No, but here's the, the, this is the difference, though, and this is the this is the difference. I don't know that there is as much of a moral difference. I guarantee it's a legal difference, though, because if you actually harvest a ballot and do not deliver it as promised, I, I, there's got to be criminal implications to that. So it's not just the harvesting. You're going to have to get the most unlikely voters, which is going to be like urban, low income voters to be voting for voting for you know uh republicans or something like that which just is generally is not the way the voting trends go so you're not only going to have to harvest you're going to have to get them to vote in a way that they've been propagandized for years not to vote Mm -hmm. how is that going to happen i don't know i in a perfect moral world i would say yeah this sucks we should have rules against this because this is wrong we shouldn't just be hounding people until we can get them to fill out their ballot and we can take it away from them that we shouldn't have this system. But as long as the system is in place, these are the rules we were given. I I don't see what, what is the moral, 
what is gained morally by just abstaining from that system and then allowing this system not just to ascend to power through through that electoral system, but then to use that power to abuse every one of your right. other rights and steal all your shit and make your life miserable in the way that uh, Joe Biden and company have been doing for a couple of years now. Uh, I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm team harvest. How are we going to get this operation? <laughs> it's finally happened. Yeah. Any other harvesting thoughts you have? No, let's do it. All right. Quiz 25. Am I up? Yep. Hi, Matt and Blonde. Question. Uh, what do you think of uh, or what do you two think of multi-generational households as in having your parents house next door? Blonde, have you heard of the Passport Bros? We are Western men going to Africa, South America or Asia to settle with a traditional woman. It's a regular topic on Just Pearly Things YouTube channel. Let's take care of the first question first. What's the first question? Um, I I wouldn't want to live with my parents in the same household oh. as they're right next door taking care of the next room over taking care of my kid. No, he's in bed right now, but they're here right now. Um, I do want them close by, and we're trying to strategize for how to make them closer. I think that uh, there are a lot of uh, advantages to that. Um, I I think it's advantageous. To us as parents, it's advantageous to them as grandparents. It's advantageous to my son in terms of having grandparents as present as possible. I don't want th- I don't want to live in the same house. I want walls of boundary. But I yeah, I mean, if the, if my parents live immediately close by so that my son can ride his bike to grandma's house, that's great. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, My parents live like a mile from me and my brother lives like three, two or three blocks away. And it's hmm. awesome. I've never been happier. It's great to have the help and the support. Um, yeah, I love it. It's the way we were supposed to live. As far as the second question on passport bros, they're going to Africa, South America, or Asia to settle with traditional women. It's regular. Okay. I understand why men are doing this, but you are going to be in for a world of problems, marrying somebody from another country. Like you just are, especially somebody of another race. It's a whole thing. The whole thing you have to imagine how much you have to overcome marrying somebody that's a lot like you. Um, and then you are, you're coming from different cultures. You're probably coming from different religions. You're coming from different nations. Everything is different. Just everything is different. At first it'll be novel, but then it'll be like, what the fuck do I have in common with this person? I understand where men, why men are doing this because American women are basically worthless. Like uh, basically worthless. Yeah, if it's this or nothing, uh, I understand. Yeah. yeah, I understand too. But you know, people are acting like um like hypergamy doesn't exist in these other countries. These women are only interested in you because of hypergamy. Like you realize this, right? It's like it's like having um like a high class escort or something like that. Don't you think? I yeah, I suppose the the thing that I'm thinking about is exactly what we were just talking about too. There are a lot of sacrifices made in if I'm understanding this correctly, going to a different country, leaving everything you have in your family behind, because they're not, this isn't bringing women here, right? This is going to Africa, South America, or Asia to settle with a traditional woman. You're moving. No, there? I, I, I assume they would be moved here. Nobody, Western men are not moving to Africa. Well, that's what I, it says. We're going to Africa to, to settle find with the a, woman. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading the phrase and then bring her back to the West. Nobody's okay. moving to, I mean, maybe they're moving to South America. Even still in that, in that arrangement per the, the things you just brought up, it's there's possibility. I I would imagine a higher possibility for family conflicts 
her family may not like this as much. When you move her out, you're sacrificing having uh, another set of grandparents that could be beneficial. Those are things that are right. that are risks. I'm not saying don't do it because of that, but when you make the choice to forgo those things, it does make family and parenting harder later. Not impossible, but harder. And they're going to have the same kind of expectations that Western women are going to have as soon as they're in the West. Well, you like, got to protect against If you're importing, it's like you lay down the law. <laughs> There's no way to do that. She's going to make Western friends and then she's going to have even higher expectations for uh, what you offer her financially because you've removed her from all. Of yeah, no, no, it's, it's no driver's license and burkas only. That's the rule. <laughs> and if you're going to their country, you're, you're definitely giving up a lot, too. And you're going to be a racial minority, which sucks. I, I've heard from a lot of people that have married Asian women that they're like, really demure in the courtship stage but uh behind closed doors they're fucking crazy like huh. throw a shoe at your face crazy <laughs> i've never had an asian woman throw a shoe at my face yeah i believe that i've also never dated an asian woman though so i wouldn't know but okay anyway Next up, Shapiro's wife's boyfriend, a Republican president, and congressional supermajority is elected in 2024 and enacts nationwide child transition and 15 week abortion bans. As a result, the West Coast states secede. Would you support a war to force them to stop it? Why or why not? No, you're an asset. Cool. Wait, a Republican president and congressional supermajority is elected. Oh, nationwide. Oh, child transition and 15 week abortion ban. Okay. West Coast secede. Would you support a war to force them to stop it? Why or why not? I, I'm unclear on the. Would California I su- secedes. They're still doing later term abortions. Yeah, I don't I don't think that these are the, the domain of the federal government, even though obviously yeah. I don't support child gender transitions. I don't support abortions pre 15 week. But again, constitutionally speaking, and I think as a matter of a, a wise arrangement of government, you don't want the federal government handing, handling these things. So I would, if they want to leave the union on that basis, I wouldn't have cool. any problem, no with, problem that, with that. Yeah. Uh, or at least any additional problem uh, from say Idaho, Wyoming and Montana saying you guys are crazy. We don't like your taxes. We don't like your gun laws and we're not doing this anymore. Great. I, I, yeah. I, uh, it's not to say that I support those policies, but uh, I don't in the same way. I don't think it's the federal government's role to force a whole bunch of bullshit on my state of Montana. I don't think it's the federal government's role to force even good policy in, in that area. If on California, if California, yep, totally. you have to respect the state's uh, you have to respect state's rights for the union to maintain. If you don't, it's going to fall apart. Regardless, you try to you try to set every policy federally. It's there's nothing that this uh, country of 300 plus million people is going to agree on uh, in that way. And maybe the answer is that we just need to split on that reason alone, that the country's just too big geographically and as, as a matter of population to survive yeah. under oh, yeah. like one set of policy. It's just not going to work. Uh, we have so many questions. Yeah, start. all right. I'll try to hustle uh, up. And then um, I was it was OK for me to delete those razor fist questions right Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, yeah, I don't need them anymore. Uh, I think you're up. Fetterman's <laughs> lump. What do you think of Gavin Newsom slamming Walgreens for their refusal to sell abortion pills and stating he'll cut ties with any company cowering to right wing extremists? Is it plan B or abortion pills? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen the story, so I don't know exactly what Walgreens has refused to sell. 
abortion pills, it says. And what does it mean to cut ties? Like, oh, is no, he going he's talking to... about he's talking about mifeprestone. OK. Uh, is that in a, is that a I don't under, I don't know exactly how that works. So would that be considered? Well, is that what they, people mean when they say the abortion pill? No, they're talking about plan B uh, is not an abortion pill. They're talking about mifeprestone. And that uh, that is the abortion pill. OK, so without getting into the weeds of what the biological or physiological distinction is there, I'll just take Gavin Newsom telling Walgreens they must sell this product or he will do what? Or no Walgreens cut, in California. Cut we'll ties. See. He's going to ban Walgreens from California. Yes. I'm sure he doesn't have the executive authority to do that. It would have to be some kind of California state law. He tweeted, but, California won't be doing big business, won't be doing business with Walgreens or any company that cowers the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. We're done. I, I read that. How to mean, do that? I read that to mean more like he won't give them any state contracts or any state business. Uh, if he means he will run them out of the state through executive action alone, I have a hard time believing he could succeed. I don't know enough about this. Uh, Newsom's office announced Wednesday that California would be pulling back a renewal of a $54 million contract with yeah. Walgreens that would have taken effect. They're probably getting looted and ransacked and robbed from so often in California. Yeah, they, this probably doesn't matter. They, they'll say, all right, agreed. See you later. We don't have any stores in San Francisco anymore anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that, 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 that's about all I know about the story, Fetterman's Lump, but uh, sounds stupid like most things from Gavin Newsom. Joseph uh, is up next. Know. You're up. Okay. Um, since God is our father, would you agree that the idea that the large-scale abandonment of Christianity in the West has basically rendered our society as one large fatherless household? I look at my secular friends and can't help but see in them the same sort of behaviors that one would expect to bring up, uh, expect to see in people from broken homes, even though they had stable upbringings. That is exactly right. Because, um, you know, your father's supposed to provide stability, but also um, comfort enough that you're uh, confident in making your own decisions. And I think that that's something that, especially people on the left and secularists, lack. Like they, they appear confident, but it's really just hubris. Yeah. That's what atheists are. They're so hubristic. I think that's spot on, a spot on assessment. Well, as far as I understand the pillars of fatherhood, and admittedly, I am uh, only a year and a half into it, so I might be missing uh, parts. But the way I conceptualize it right now is I am succeeding in my role uh, as long as I do two things. I provide for my family, my wife, my son, God willing, any future kids. But that in itself is insufficient. I must also um, not just provide them with, uh, you know, food, shelter, the substances they need to survive. I need to provide them with a moral core, an understanding of right and wrong, an understanding of how to live a good, prosperous, successful life. Neither of those is sufficient. I can think of examples of dads who do great with providing, not great on moral guidance. I can think of examples of, of dads who are great on moral concepts or great on the philosophy of what to teach your kids and how to live a good life, not great on providing for them. You have to do both. And, uh, and so that's, uh, I think that that's really the theme of what we're getting at here is even if you have a, an excellent job and you provide for every need and want that your children need, it, uh, if you don't provide that moral core, if you don't, give them some reference for right and wrong and how to live a good life that they will still descend into a lot of the uh the depths of hedonism 
nihilism, yep. all of those dangers. All of those things. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure they probably are linked. Uh, is this from the actual Richard Parker? I would assume maybe it's I an imposter. So. Um, in response to my call a while back and elsewhere, you stated that morality comes from God. But how can God transcend morality? In the biblical narrative, God told Abraham to kill his son. Of course, in the modern age, when someone hears voices, most consider that uh, person mentally unwell. But setting that aside, if one hears voices with uh, with such a command, would it not be one's own morality which informs him whether he is hearing God or the devil speaking to him? Well, uh, I when I say that, when I say that morality comes from God, I'm not even speaking in a specifically Christian context. So take the scriptural references aside what i'm talking about is there is a moral order to the world there are rules of right and wrong and you have an innate sense of that you have a conscience that tells you this was this was wrong of you to do this is the right thing that you should be doing and fundamentally we all agree on these things for example we all agree that it's wrong to kill a person in cold blood we have some sense of this moral structure this moral rule to the world my contention is that comes from something that predates us something that was here before we were. That's what I mean when I say the God concept, not necessarily the specific Christian teaching of it, though I am interested in that and I continue to study it because I want to learn and understand it. But my, my point here is that if morality as a concept only comes from just us as humans deciding it, that we all got together and voted for purely uh, whatever reasons we wanted, we just we we voted that murder's wrong because we don't like it. If if man is the author of morality, we live in a chaos world of absolute nonsense. We can change the rules of the world at any point in time. I don't believe. Uh, number one, I don't believe that because I, I, practically speaking, I don't want the chaos world. But that might be unsatisfying to someone who who thinks you accept the world as it is, not as you want it to be. Well, that's why I say, how is it that we all have some sense of that moral framework, some sense of what right and wrong is. Where does that come from? There's something innate about that in the world. That's the God concept. It's not just that like we all did a creative writing exercise and it it came from there somehow. There's some concept of right and wrong that exists and and it has to come from something external. Otherwise, morality is just just a made-up concept by people. We are the, the authors of morality. I just don't think that's the arrangement of the world. Yeah. Do you uh, have any uh, other perspective on that? Nope. This was a question for you. Even yeah, you uh, uh, well, we can talk about that next time too, Richard. Cause I, I remember when we were talking uh, on a prior call that was in, that was an interesting theme to me. Cause I, I obviously like, I don't want to mischaracterize Richard, but he strikes me as a guy that's very persuaded in his moral convictions. Um, where do those come from? What is the origin of those? I, I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and But I won't speak for him. That would be unfair of me. Uh, Hugh, Huge organ. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Have you been following the new World Health Organization international treaty that Biden has stated he will sign? The agreement gives WHO broad powers to declare a pandemic and control the response in all countries, which effectively gives up sovereignty to all signatory nations redacted has been covering this story extensively. I am unsurprised by this. Uh, this has had to be why they did this. This is why I don't um, really believe that China did this uh, totally separate from the interests of the United States, because 
the United States government has a major vested interest in population control, not just in terms of mortality, but also um, when it comes to something like this, like they benefited greatly from the pandemic. Yeah, well, it fits into a lot of their climate narrative stuff, too. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm not surprised I, at all. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think we're dealing with purely Chinese meddling here. I think we're dealing with an alignment of interests uh, across borders and I think within our own border on a lot of this stuff. So that's news to me, but uh, it does sound perfectly predictable. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Uh, Keith says, why is the right so quick to embrace entertainment as based simply because some edgy words or themes were within it? Blonde, your initial uh, instinct regarding Blazing Saddles was correct. The film obviously depicts identity conscious white settlers as idiotic rubes. Your example on Sunday of the film hitting everyone, dock that chink a day's pay for napping on the job is clearly them making the white guy look stupid. Uh, It seems like this is how the Overton window is pushed leftward right before our eyes. You could interpret it that way. I, I, well, the question's to you, so, or at least your reference there, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know that Mel Brooks could really help himself. And that's why Young Frankenstein was so good. It, it stood apart from all racial themes. Um, but this, I was like, are, are people just thinking that this movie is based because they say the N-word a bunch? To be fair, I didn't call it based. No, not you. I'm yeah, not no, talking I, about you. I just no, that's the only thing I hear about this movie. Oh, please tell us so based. It's like, well, the I don't think that that's a completely unfair interpretation um, right. that he's offering here. I, I don't think it's completely unreasonable. My my only pushback would be um, that I don't want to become so sensitive ourselves, and when I say ourselves, I mean like white people being so insensitive about poking fun at them that, that we can't do that. Right. That I can't make fun of. I don't know. Uh, white rubes, white rubes are a thing. They should be eligible for the same mockery as anybody else. I understand why these days uh, there is a particular sensitivity to that because th- white rubes are like the one race. It is acceptable to make fun of anymore. So it, it kind of is, is stale in addition to unfair, but I, I, I really, I, I don't think that the intent of Blazing Saddles was to uniquely mock white people. I don't I don't take that interpretation from the movie. Right. Or especially mock white people. Um, and by the way, the, the chink line is not the only push. There's <laughs> there's a lot of uh, racial jokes at other races expenses as well. That just uh, that was the first that was the one that really kicked it off at the start when the Chinese guy falls over from the heat exhaustion. Um, but yeah, uh, I understand where you're coming from, Keith. Ashwin says, or you're up, right? Oh, am I? Um, ah, okay. Hey guys, sticking to my question last week's in, on the individual and group rights being one-to-one individuals have the right to life. Um, and life is seen as being sacrosanct. However, if rights of the group have a one-to-one relation with individual rights, shouldn't groups also technically have the right to life? Wouldn't that imply the ending of a group is a wrongful act. If it does, if that, okay, if that doesn't, if not, doesn't that imply groups or entities with their own rights unique to the individual? That's, that's true. I want to make sure I understand this correctly, because when we say end the group, do we mean actually kill them or do we mean forcibly end forcibly their association? In their association. I'm that's, sure. that's why you have a right to association. Uh, generally speaking, that's right to association 
um, I think is a, is a clear moral right for the reasons that you're describing that that you have an individual right to to uh, participate in these groups or not leave these groups if you choose to or, or be a part of them. Uh, legally speaking, in the Constitution, it's kind of interesting because uh, right to association is technically speaking an an implied right. It's um it's it's inferred from the First Amendment. There's no explicit right to association in the First Amendment. We've the courts have looked in the penumbras on that one though i think the penumbras are a little more uh substantiated uh, among the themes that is to say you could more credibly argue that there's an implied right to association in the first amendment than an implied right to abortion in the 14th amendment in the context of post-war reconstruction talking about ending racial segregation and ending ending slavery rather not uh, segregation at the time but um anyway uh I would say that, yeah, for the for the for the obvious reasons, it's wrong to end a life. It's it's wrong to end a group in the same way if you're killing them. But uh, because of the individual right to associate, there's a there's a, a, a wrongness committed if you sever that right to associate too. I guess I'm not sure I completely follow the question. Mm. But am I missing something here, or do you have anything else to add to that? If uh, if not, doesn't that imply that groups are entities with their own rights unique to the individual? I still think association is fundamentally an individual right, though. It produces uh, a, a group sort of. But your individual right to associate is, is a right to belong or not to belong. The group doesn't have a right to force you into membership. So it right, wouldn't be a group I, right in that way. I don't think anybody would ever characterize a group as having a life independent of the lives of its members. Of course, if the members are dead, there's no more group. Right. Yeah. But the group, yeah, the, the group doesn't continue beyond the life of its. Uh, yeah. What's so, the word I'm looking for? Members. The, yeah. The, I think in this context, the group right is an extension of the individual right. Um, there's no, w- w- that's called, uh, you know, it's called false imprisonment, kidnapping, whatever. We're talking about this in the context of secession too. You don't have a right to force someone's presence if they wish not to be there. Unless right. uh, it's the federal government in which you have to submit to them in perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the only moral exception. Chris M. Uh, am I up? I, I, I'll just You're up, yeah. Hey, faggots. People keep saying the N word when they mean to say the n-word except for he actually wrote it out at what point in our orwellian slide will the n-word just become the slur and the thing that uh means you did a hate speech when do you think these people will replace the n-word that was already used to replace the n-word and again he wrote it well that's happening that's the frustrating thing about the game it's just and it's so stupid because you right you replace the n-word with the phrase the n-word but it means the same thing. And so what has really been accomplished here? And and as soon as they go after that word, they just, they go after another one. And, and what happens? People develop a new word to replace it. We see that happen all the time. They're all the time. The chat is full of <laughs> coded slurs of all sorts. Uh, you can't, you can't ban those. You can't get control of those. And in fact, when you try to, that's the ironic thing. If there were no restrictions on the N word, people would be less creative in uh or uh, they would they would have less they wouldn't think as creatively about their slurs because they wouldn't have to so ironically you <laughs> sort of prompt them to make new and more creative slurs to go after down the line because you can't have the one slur uh 
I, I wonder, I know this isn't strictly related to Chris's question, but it's like, let's say we lived in a, a country where the N word was banned under penalty of death. And they actually like enforced it. You say the N word, you get killed. Would that be enough? Or would they come for another word? Like if you could just give them the N word means execution. That's yeah. We say, okay, we've finally been harsh enough on our N word treatment. Or is, is the next, is there a next word? There's gotta be a next word. I would think. Yep. Of course there is. I don't know. There are a That's, lot of racial slurs. Uh, his question is, at what point are they going to come after the phrase, the N-word? <laughs> uh, it's a matter of time. I'm give sure. it a decade. I think yeah. I think the phrase, the N-word, has at least another 10 years of survival. Captain Norway is next. Do you think the role of the state legislators and governors will be more important in the future as a way to shore up against federal overreach? And the ever-generating pile of swamp semen DC represents. Uh, well, yeah, but it's it's probably going to be too late. That's the thing. Once the federal government gets their claws in, it's it's incredibly difficult to return rights to the states. Yeah, I I don't on the current trajectory. No state state power will become even less significant until uh, all power is blown up and restarted. Yeah, I don't I don't see this going any other way. I don't see the only remote possibility of 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 taking back power with the states is the convention of states, which has been gaining some momentum. But there are so many hurdles to clear. And then Razor Fist got into this a little bit, too. Even if we get a convention of states and you pass a whole bunch of constitutional amendments to say, no, really, the federal government isn't doing any more of this shit. and We're going to have term limits and all the rest. You still have people in power in D.C. who say, so what? Don't care. I look yep. at the law and laugh and I make you stop me. And then we're back to square one. It's like, well, I guess <laughs> you have to make them stop it anyway. It seems like that's the inevitable trajectory here. I hate that. I want nothing to do with it. I want I want to raise my kids not in a society of conflict and danger and potential war and all of that. But if they they insist. They insist on controlling they everything, centralizing the power and, and daring you to do anything about it. Well, eventually that's that conflict is going to come to a head. Dangerous Spaces says with the release of the January 6th footage reigniting discussions, there's a talking point that really pisses me off. People always say if protesters committed violence that they should be thrown in jail. The reason this pisses me off is because it automatically grants the premise that may not even be true. The idea being the only violence committed by protesters was violence they instigated. What if at least some of it was in fact uh, committing violence in an act of self-defense after they themselves were attacked by police? If the only thing you are armed with, assuming uh, you can even calling call it that is a flagpole that indicates you had no plan to enact violence. Wouldn't right. it be in fact, wouldn't it in fact make more sense that they got attacked and had to use whatever they could to get a hold of and try to fight back. What do you guys reckon? Well, the one thing in the timeline that I would like more clarity on, uh, it might be out there and I just need to dig it up. Tucker did mention that they were, that tear gas was fired upon them uh, really early on. I guess -hmm. you could view that as some sort of aggression. Um, But even that, I have to know what were the rules of the pro now you can make the argument. This is the people's house and they can do whatever they want as a practical matter. They're going to have to be some rules about entry into the Capitol. That's just the way that it, that it is. It, it, we can't have even, well, I don't know. Maybe I need to rethink this. It seems practically messy to say that anybody can go into the Capitol whenever they want for whatever purpose they want. There's got to be some rules of, the, of <laughs> right. the road there. So I grant that if the rule, if, if there was aggressive, 
crossing of those boundaries, you, you sort of in the same way that if you want, maybe this is a bad analogy. It's like if you if you go into my door, that's a problem. That's an act of aggression in and of itself. Is that what they were doing, though? Did they cross those lines in the same way as crossing? No, they were being led in like that. Yeah. It's like if I unlock the door and I say right this and, way, and open the door. Right. Um, not not in all cases. Of course, you have to do the not all. The, yeah. Windows were broken. There was forcible entry at certain points. That That's a thing that happened. Um, is it possible that some of the violence was an act of self-defense? At this point, I'm willing to entertain any theories about what happened on January 6th. I, I don't believe the truth of what we've been told really at all. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, there, there may be, well, I mean, why, why are there, why are there the Ray Epps of the world? Why does it appear that they were instigating forces in that crowd? Even if it doesn't explain everyone's behavior, why does it remember the, uh, John Sullivan, the black lives matter guy riling up the crowd, right? Telling people to break shit. Uh, yeah, you, you might be onto something. We'll see. Maybe we'll get the rest of the footage and we can clarify your point. Lanel Master, blonde. After your conversation with Survive the Jive, have you given more thought to Germanic English paganism? I've been exploring myself. Um, you've been exploring yourself, eh? uh, and found the Asatru Folk Assembly, and saw they have a chapter in Cordelaine near you. They seem like good people, not larping, and very pro-white in a way. All the branches of Christianity are not, which is an issue for me. Maybe I should tell my mom about this. That's a true folk assembly. Um, I'm uh, ooh, okay. I got a lot of pagan friends, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to shore myself up. The a Catholic bit so with a lot of pagan friends. What the hell is I this? I do have a lot of pagan because because I really care about demographic issues, and so I kind of feel like we'll fight about your mini gods after we deal with other problems that we have. Right? Okay. We'll deal with that later. After um, we get all the uh, after we get all the Asians to the deep south, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and so it's just not really a problem because we have other things, and they all have a lot of kids, and we hang out and everything like that. However, I think it's dumb, but then they think I'm dumb because they're like, "You have subscribed to this stupid Judeo Christianity." They think that I'm like a a, a tool for the Jays. So <laughs> wow, that's deep. Holy cow! They think that's all some, Christianity. That's is. some all real North Idaho shit right there. Yeah, all Christianity all right. is manifested of um, Jewish perversion. That's what they believe. Jesus so we, was the original. Th- yes, that is what they say. <laughs> um, okay. So we just don't talk about it, and yeah, we talk yeah. about cloth diapering and what to do with our potatoes that have sprouted and what vegetables grow yeah. out here and like the best way to clean your, your sinks. And then we just don't talk about it. So have I thought about it more? No, hmm. I haven't, but survive the jive just incredibly um, interesting character. I mean, he really puts a, a handsome and articulate face on paganism. Not that my pagan friends don't red eyes. They're great. They're pagan. I didn't know that they are. No. Huh? Uh, Zazie McTazbot, happy international women's day blonde. I forgot to say that at the top of the show. Is it today? Yeah, it is today. If you could get rid of one constitutional amendment, what would it be? Uh, it's almost potato N word day. That would be St. Patrick's day, right? 
So I'm going to dress up as an IRA terrorist. <laughs> I have the camo pants and the balaclava already. Matt, uh, what are you going to dress up as? And what are your thoughts on the FN foul, overhyped, or worth it? I can't claim any particular expertise. I could tell you my opinion in Call of Duty, but uh, I've never handled one. It, I would love to. That'd be cool. I've never handled. Uh, I've never handled it. But I'm I'm kind of an FN fanboy. Uh, for <laughs> you know whether that's a good thing or not, I I I am a, a fan of a lot of their guns. So uh, sure, I'm sure it's awesome. I just I can't tell you from experience. Uh what was that I now would, that the question's oh, gone? Sorry. What was the actual question? Um, what constitutional oh, amendment yeah. would what, do you have you never watched the show? I would get rid of 19. I think that that's yeah, that's what I would do. You can make an argument for uh, well, what's the what's the income tax one? Is that uh, or wait, no, no, I'm going with 13th. Let's get rid of that. Per the conversation earlier, slavery had a lot of benefits that we've uh, overlooked. Isn't it the 16th Amendment income tax? Um that would be it's a not good 17. Yeah. 16th amendment. 17th it's is state senator or, or state uh, direct set, election of senators. senators. That yeah. would be another good choice. Um, so if I was going to, uh, I, I would, I'd probably undo the, uh, the, uh, the 16th. I'd probably get rid of federal income tax, get rid of the IRS. There's a lot of benefit to be, to be had there. That's true. Yeah. But what would benefit the country more? than like a series of elections where women couldn't vote. Uh, it would, there would be a lot of uh, different outcomes. That's for sure. Uh, anyway, okay. well, it, it would go, it would go to the States, right? So women would still be voting. Probably oh, that's true. in a lot of terror, you know, a lot in, well, the, the thing is, uh, as a practical matter, even if you repealed the 19th amendment, um, they really wouldn't change anything in this country. There's not a state in the union that would deny women the right to vote today. It's a, it's a damn shame. So I guess, I guess you're, the premise there is that states would enact certain laws or certain restrictions and which uh, wouldn't happen. But uh, if you got rid of, well, I guess the fault, the same fault lies with my, no, no, the same fault doesn't necessarily lie there because if you got rid of this, the 16th amendment, in theory, the, federal income tax and the IRS would lose its entire constitutional basis to exist though. Mm -hmm. The same argument applies to pretty much every federal alphabet agency. They have no legitimate constitutional basis to exist and yet they do. So right. perhaps I'm being a little naive in thinking that erasing the amendment would erase the institution. Anyway, thank you for, uh, thank you for your thoughts. All right. Uh, thanks to all emailer questions uh, or email questioners it's that time of the night where i can't even talk or think so thank you to those who sent an email question to the show if you'd like to send one it's a contact page of the website mattchristiansmedia.com slash contact look for the call-in show question form we got to catch up on our chats we'll call it a night we're a little bit behind so uh excuse us for be maybe being who a little brief here next? and um also thanks for your patience especially over on rumble guys i know i've been kind of behind with you here so the brum seven says blonde is the female face of toxic masculinity that's <laughs> a very kind thing to say thank addicted you. to drums says thanks uh thank you guys over on rumble i left off on jeff sloat uh and then so don't day 2k was next up there's parenting and then there's karening the first should be good the second can never be <laughs> Uh, thank you for the thoughts. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess there is, I, uh, parenting should be disciplined, uh, even harsh. Karening should be frowned upon. I agree. 
Holden Mulray, hi, Truth Seekers. Tis good to be back in the audience after a short vacation. Conflated topic of the week, paying for a tax cut. We don't pay for tax cut. Taxes pay for everything else. Cheers. Yeah, that's a, that is a good one. The way that's framed mostly by Democrats. They gave a tax cut that they couldn't pay for. No, no, no. You guys are spending no, outside we, of your means. Uh, uh, yeah. We don't have Nicholas to pay H. for your tax cuts. I know. It's just... The, the nature of language. Um, I was in line on Splash Mountain the last time it closed. They had a mechanical issue and then it never reopened because of woke. That's kind of symbolic. It actually fell apart ahead of time and then submitted to the uh, progressive takeover anyway. Yeah. Wow. Daniel Yeager, blonde. Did you see the story about the Hong Kong model being dismembered? Really gruesome stuff. Um, yeah, I have. I haven't dug into it, but I remember reading. I wonder what or thinking. I wonder what she did her husband did it and her husband's family helped them helped him so it's like when did this happen she was recently dismembered okay and it was in hong kong it was not yeah uh, yeah, okay. yeah um i don't know to like get your family on board i just wonder if it was like a gabby petito situation where like it's not their fault but it's kind of their fault well gabby petito famous mouthy bitch she truly was <laughs> mm God. blonde you're correcting your misgivings about blazing saddles it was subtle at the time but the woke mess didn't start to the 90s or 2000s recall that 12 angry men had subversive elements as well what did okay. 12 angry men do you cannot tell me that this woke shit didn't start until the 90s or the 2000s what do we have before 1990 all right let's, let's go back all right we got the civil war problem okay and then we have uh, we have suffrage, another huge problem. We have industrialization that created a host of problems. World War One and World War Two. Don't make me talk about it. Uh, what else do we have? <laughs> Seriously, then we had uh, all these. The woke hippies. shit really started with that bitch ass invasion on Normandy, man. What the? F- I know, right? Uh, <laughs> no, and then and yeah. then the '60s was when really it started kicking up. The march yeah. to the institutions started in the in the early '60s, probably before that. Uh, this woke thing didn't enter the the mind of the normie until the 90s or 2000s. Hmm. Mel Brooks was ahead of it. Um, Logan Orr, just testing jogger, bike, George Floyd got what he needed. Testing, wait, testing. It, it did come through. It did not. Uh, the, the people at Tippy Stream did not. Oh, wait, no, they this was YouTube. Through. This wasn't Tippy Stream. Hey. He, speaking of substitutions, yeah, he got... You got George Floyd got what he needed through YouTube. Uh, that's, that's Neil. That's you better great. get on that, man. No, maybe Neil is like George Floyd was a plague on society. <laughs> maybe he's going to bifty his way into an unwoke YouTube. Uh, I did. Uh, our guy who made the uh, the Susan Wiki Wiki song famous. Uh, this song. His name is Chris. He lives in Australia. And shout out to Chris on the off chance that he's listening. I suspect that he's not, number one, because it's the Wednesday show, but number two, because he just had a baby. So congratulations to Chris on his uh, his firstborn daughter. Uh, but I, I, when I was emailing him about that, I thought, should I ask him to make a Bifty Bifty song or is this inappropriate in the context of, <laughs> totally should that I'm, be not gonna awesome. a- I'm not going to ask him to work while he, his kid was just born. Oh, maybe he'll have a Bifty Bifty song in the future, though. Bifty Bifty Bifty. Um and Logan or also said I had to reword that chat like forty times. That yeah, makes sense. All right, Knuckle Honky Buck. If Walgreens refuses to sell Bordy pills, Newsom won't offer them police protection against shoplifting under nine hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, man, they're going to be in trouble then. <laughs> yeah, really. I got to reload. 
Uh, just one from Jay Clark, I think. Shout out to Montana. When are you coming to Kalispell? Kalispell is cool. It's on the short list of places I'd like to live. And uh, it seems like of the places that are a little bit falling victim to the influx, uh, I'm looking at Bozeman specifically because Missoula has always been that way, even if it's getting worse. Uh, I don't think Kalispell is suffering the same political consequences that Bozeman is. And even though the housing market has gone crazy everywhere, um, when my family tries to keep an eye on opportunities for us to move in the coming years, there's stuff that's still decently affordable Seriously? in Kalispell. Yeah. That's shocking. Be, I, I'd, I'd be surprises me because Flathead Lake is an incredible area. It's awesome. So outside shot, I end up living there in, uh, in the near future, but I don't have any plans as of now and enjoy your time up there. Let's see. Uh, I, we're all set. I think I don't have any more unless you see anything. Okay, uh, thank you for your calls this evening, your chats, uh, your super chats, your email questions. Very much appreciated. Of course, we'll be back on Sunday with whatever the, uh, the rest of this week's news is. Um, I can't wait to make the show intro with Chuck Schumer. I've already decided. i got to edit that up and resist, Won't be hard. resist my, uh, I don't know, revolutionary urges while I listen to that guy talk. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, I'm sure there'll be much more bullshit to deal with on Sunday. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys.